Good morning. It is a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Griffin. The Orioles win a series against the best team in baseball. It's like that three-game losing streak is totally forgotten. We'll talk about it this morning. Ben Verlander is going to join us a little bit later on from Fox Sports. He's declared recently that Adley Rutschman was the best catcher in baseball. Now I want to talk to him about Yanir Cano, who is the league MVP. And this is what it is. It's kind of stunning that we didn't see it coming. But Yanir Cano is the MVP of the American League, and I'm not really sure that it's close, frankly. So we'll talk to him about that. There is that guy in Anaheim. Who cares? Do you think he's done anything similar to what Yanir Cano has done at all? Come on, man. Everybody, that's why everybody's coming to the ballpark on Monday night. There's going to be 40,000 oh, people there because Yenny <laughs> Cano is going to be there. Um, yeah, we'll talk to Ben Verlander a little bit later on in the program. Also today, we're going to meet the Ravens' sixth-round pick. Uh, I am to understand it's just Sala. That's all. That's it. That's what he wants to go by. Just Sala, a move I la 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 ulu. La ulu. Damn it. I put his full name in the... Uh, Sala... Amuvai Laulu. Should I put just Sala in the yeah, title? I don't, I don't think it matters. Okay. Um, but that's what he wants to go by. So uh, Sala is what we're going with. We're going to catch up with him, of course, offensive lineman out of Oregon a little bit later on. And uh, also this morning, we will preview the NCAA lacrosse tournament, Ryan Evans from Hopkins. We met Bright Maycar yesterday, Ryan Evans. Really great stories. The son and grandson of Hopkins lacrosse players. Uh, his grandfather, the legendary Joe Cowan. And uh, he's getting ready to play in the NCAA tournament for the first time as a Blue Jay. And so we will chat with him ahead of their game against Bryant on Sunday at noon at Homewood Field. So good, uh, good full, complete morning, uh, well-rounded morning of various different topics to get into on the program. Today's show is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose that perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Obviously, we lead with the most important story of the day. I am going to wait and see if my wife brings up the fact that the croutons, she's going to bring them up the next time. That's the decision. We're going to leave it as though the restaurant screwed up until she brings it up again, at which point then I will admit that it was my fault at that point. So I appreciate the feedback. Thank you to those of you that shared your thoughts. I know you've been waiting with bated breath to find out what the story was going to be. Yes, that's going to be the plan. Just just a professional gaslighter. Is no, no, no. I mean, it's just it, it until it's necessary situation. Right. Like okay. I, yeah. I yeah. if if it comes back up, if it's relevant, I'm not saying it's wrong. Yeah, I'm no, not no, saying no. The truth will come out if it needs to, but if it doesn't need to. Then there's no need for me right. to. Uh, okay. I see it. Sully my good name. Definitely a calculated, a calculated move. Right. Like yeah. this isn't. I'm not gonna burn all of the bridges here in order to try to protect myself. The moment it becomes relevant, the moment that I mention again, hey, we could go to Woodfire tonight, and she says, yeah, but the croutons. That's when I will fall on the sword and say, you know what, baby? I I don't know why. I I just completely. I blank. That's on me. It's not on them. They're great. I screwed up. But if I don't have to do that, why volunteer for right, it? Right, right. Why yes. volunteer for causing more problems for yourself, particularly this being like our anniversary week? It's a, it's you know, a, it's a veteran move, really. Right. No, I, I, I'm new here. Yeah. I've been around for a little while. I've seen a thing or two. 
So that's the uh, that's the solution. So I, there you go. That's the the completion. I think that's all we had to handle this morning. <laughs> right. Everybody have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. It's been Glenn Clark Radio. Duke sucks. Wait, what? No, more show to do. Okay. Uh, yeah, the Orioles uh, complete a series win over the Rays last night, and it's funny because. We have every look. Everybody who's doing the bit of this proves the Orioles are are real contenders, or whatever you want to say. You have every right to be amped up and excited about winning a series against the best team in baseball. Why wouldn't you be excited about that? Why wouldn't that be a good feeling? Something that you look to build off. If you're excited about the bird bath, be excited about that. I think it's a unique idea. I don't. I don't like it as much as I thought I did. I like the uh, the concept of a unique section. I was talking about that with the Rays. I don't think I like this as much as I want to like it, right? Like, I think it's a good idea. I don't think I would actually want to sit in that section. I mean, once it gets to, you know, we have consistent 80, 90-degree days throughout yeah, the week, I, it yes, change. But, like, it's still kind of crisp at night at this point, yeah. and especially at the stadium coming off the har- the, the harbor – like, I, I, I feel like once it's in... I think on Sunday afternoon, 1,000%. Yeah. Let me go sit in the birdbath section. Once it's in practice, I feel like we may have a different... Like, once they actually... No, like I on think Friday night, if this they is what string together I several think it's hits... it's going to be cool for the people that choose to do it. I don't know how many people are choosing to do it. I think, again, there, there's going to be an intrigue factor to it. But, like, you have to dress appropriately. Like, yeah. that's part of the issue for me and why I couldn't do it is, like, I don't have time to go right now and make sure that I'm wearing the right thing for sitting in the birdbath well, section. I don't think you're going to get, like, drenched, will you? But then I what's mean, the point? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> I, and, and look, man, again, I don't want this to come well, off as negative because I like the in, – in, in, in theory, I really like it. I like the Orioles trying to do something to generate interest based on what's going on it's a bit more creative than a free beer section like they're doing with Randy Arozarena, but I just think it's for a smaller group of people than a free beer section would be for. Like, I think there's a way to do this to kind of make it a bit more interesting. I just, I, if imagine, now look, there could be games where they just don't hit extra base hits, right? right? And then right. it's what it is. But imagine you're in a game where there's like five or six extra base hits. It feels like you're going to an amusement I mean, park. And I think yeah, we've all I, been there where you're like, you don't really want to walk around wet at an amusement well, park. Well, the people that sign up for it are going to be prepared for it. I, and, I I, think, and that's why I'm saying I think it's yeah, a yeah. smaller group of people that are that it's for. And again, it doesn't mean I'm opposed to it. I think it's a cool thing. I like that they're doing it. I think it shows that they're in touch with the, the vibe and the moment. And they're trying to create something. And if I were, you know... 18 again something like that i think it might be for me i think i might say to myself hell yeah let's go do that let's go get drunk at the, the orioles game on friday well 18 i probably of course i would have never had a beer before the age of 21 i wouldn't wouldn't have done that at 40 the thought is a little bit different like i'm thinking about you know m- m- my undercarriage like i'm thinking about whether or not i really want to be wet during the course of the game and that's again not everything is for me i've accepted that you you guys are obsessed with bad bunny and that's awesome i love him but i'm just not his music is not for me and that's that's okay 
It's okay for things to not be for you. Not everything is for you. I think I'm on the opposite side of this. I think maybe, like, yeah, for you're, May, you're, you're I can young. see how it might take a minute to, to catch on. I see by July and August, no, no, I think... You're, you're hearing a different thing. You're hearing me saying it's not... It's not. I think there are people that it's for. Well, I could no. I see like this. What's it? Section eighty six right now. Uh-huh. I think it's by July. It's going to be eighty four, eighty two. Yeah, I don't think there's a chance. in hell. I think it grows. Yeah, I, don't I think, think it there's grows. a chance like, in hell of that. I think they I, have a couple big games. I think you're and they, if people see on TV. I think you're water re- flying in the stop, air. You're reflecting your youth. You're reflecting the fact that you don't. Again, we've all been there. We were all your age at some point. And when you're your age, these just aren't things that you're worried about all that much. You're not concerned about it the same way. You don't go, when your buddies get together and say, yo, let's go to Hershey Park today. You're like, all right, cool. And you don't think, you don't make three steps of plans in order to figure out exactly what your day is going to look like. You just go and figure it out because nothing affects you all that much. At, at this age, it's different. And not everyone is your age. It's a very finite group of people that are old enough to make decisions by themselves but not too old to be thinking about whether or not it's a good decision to make. And again, that doesn't mean it's a bad idea. I think it's a good I, I can only say this so many times. I think it's worth doing. I think it's cool. I'm semi-interested. I don't think I'll end up doing a game in the birdbath section this season. I don't imagine that's going to happen. But I'm at least intrigued enough by the concept that you know, if it was presented to me somehow, I just can't imagine the scenario by which I have the day to kind of plan around it. I, it just doesn't happen for me any longer um, that I'm able to do that. But I'm not saying I would never do it as much as it's, it's, not, it's not something I could do. I know what it's like to be sitting out in rain games. It sucks. It sucks. It's awful when it rains now for me. When there's any weather at all, I'm that age where it's just, sorry, not... I'll see you next time. Love you. There'll be more games. That's me at my age. I'm acknowledging that. You at your age, I get it. I understand. You're still like made you're like my kids. You're like made of rubber. Like nothing impacts you. I wish that were true, yeah. I mean, that's the reality. <laughs> like I know what it's like. I was you. We've all been there. You're gonna one day understand what it's like to be me. It works that way. So, again, cool, cool concept. Dig the Orioles doing it. Dig them recognizing it. Just don't think it's specifically something for me. That's all. That's okay. There are other things that are for me that aren't for other people, and that's all right. And I think they should continue to consider... Like the early bird special? If they did an early bird special, I'd be... I keep trying to to talk to my, my wife and my old roommate. Is we're all turning, we all—it's forty for all of us this year. I keep trying to talk them into going to the pepper mill. Like I keep trying to talk them into it. I'm like we're forty, it's time. I've actually never been, which is wild, right? Like at no point, my wife keeps saying like it's not that big of a deal. I went a couple times when I was a kid. I was like, who'd you go with? She said, my grandparents. I'm like, of course you went with your grandparents. That's who goes to the pepper mill. That's the idea. That's the concept. And I said, we should really go, but we got to plan early because if we wait till about 5 o'clock, it might not be able to get to a table. Just might be the reality. We get there at 5 o'clock, we might be waiting for an hour in order to try to come up with a table at that point. Um, Not everything's for me. I think the Orioles should continue to try to come up with other ideas, other concepts, other unique things that they can do throughout the ballpark 
in order to try to engage fans in different ways. I, I dig for young people the birdbath. I think it's cool. I think that, you know, somebody would say, well, what about if you took your kids to a game? Like, if I planned around it, this is the problem again, because it would be a Sunday afternoon it would be the day to do it, and I, I work on Sunday afternoons. But if that scenario presented itself, that, like, I could take my kids to a game, they would love this. And if I could have the time to prepare and, you know, put on a, wear a poncho, poncho 100% I would wear a poncho. Are you kidding me? It's not the point of the birdbath. Griffin, for you, it's not the point of the birdbath. Like, for the same way for me, when I was 24, I would just go ahead and get on the old Tidal Force at Hershey Park. Oh, and man, it's Tidal Force. It's the greatest. <laughs> I agree. Now, I got to think about it a little bit more. I got to prepare my day a little bit better when it comes to these things. It's the perfect water ride. It's Griffin. We agree <laughs> at 24. At 40, I think about things a little bit differently. And if I'm wearing socks that day, it's going to be a nightmare. Just take them off for the time. I understand. That's all you do. That's all you do. These things aren't as it, now. I've got two kids. Now where am I putting my stuff? Now did I bring an appropriate bag to put stuff in? These are things you didn't have to think about when you were 24. All of a sudden you do. Also with the title force, you know when it's coming. You don't know when the Orioles are hitting a double on a baseball game. You have no that's, idea. That's the intrigue of it. I yeah. understand. <laughs> I get it from your perspective. I get it from other young people's perspective. I totally understand it. I'm glad they didn't ask me to be the spokesperson for the birdbath. I'm the wrong person. Now, if you were paying me a certain amount of money, I would happen to be doing it. But there could be another thing that would be my thing. And I, I'm always in favor of being in tune with that stuff. If they did, when they did Sandlot Day, that was my thing, right? Like, I am obsessed with the Sandlot. Other things can be my things. It's okay that this one isn't mine because it's clearly for someone and someone's and particularly younger people. And that's cool for baseball to try to reach out to a younger demographic. I like that because, you know, you need those people. So I'm on board with it. I'm thumbs up, man. Go for it. It's just not likely to be where you're going to find me at a baseball game. If we do take that class field trip on Monday night, I'm not going to sit in the birdbath section. I, I'll go sit anywhere. I was, I, was seeing, I was trying to see if Rita wanted to go on Monday night because her thing is she goes on Tuesdays for some reason. It's a regular standing appointment that she has to go to all the Tuesday games. So I'm going to try to talk her into doing Monday instead of Tuesday next week. I don't know if that's just because they do more giveaways on Tuesday or what the her bit is. She's just a regular. Guess or it's like this crowds are smaller on Tuesday, so she yeah, likes maybe. that. I don't, I don't know what the deal is. But if we go, I might go sit with her because she likes sitting in the bar in center field. I might do that, right? Like, maybe I'll do that. Although I'd like watching the game. <laughs> like, there's a part of me that. Where's your go-to section? Um, so uh, it's funny because our, our friend Josh Soroka was in section 336. Mm-hmm. I, Patrick Stevens and I. Patrick Stevens was the first person to sell me on the best place to sit was upper deck home plate, right? Like, it was the best way to watch the game. And I was always the type of person that, like, wanted to sit out in left field, right? But he's right. It is the best. Unless you're paying real money for tickets, it's the best place to sit at the game. So upper deck home plate is sort of my spot. As low as possible, but if it's a sunny day, it's real nice to sit up at the top where you've got the overhang to protect you from the sun. So it just sort of depends on what the circumstances are. 
if it's a night game and like all night, now that they're doing six thirty and yeah, sun's out for right an hour like, and a half, two hours. Correct. Yeah. I mean, hell, sometimes when the game is ending, yeah. the sun is still out. Um, if it's a true night game, like in September, then I like sitting lower in the upper deck uh, home plate. If it's a summer day, I like sitting higher in the upper deck so you can get that overhang and the protection from the sun. I like down the first base line for, for some reason. That's just where my like grandparents I, had season tickets. Yeah, I, I don't mind it. And like I'll sit there a few times. I feel like once you get deeper into the corner, it's that I, there's something about watching from up there where it feels like you're really watching the game. It's the reason right, why they always yeah, yeah. say like the catcher is makes the best manager because the catcher had the best view of the game over the years, right? And I don't know if that's, but that's like the concept. The concept is no one makes a better. And by the way, how many catchers have gone on to be managers? The concept is always that catchers make the best managers because catchers have seen the game the best way of anyone. And I feel like you're trying to recreate that right. by seeing the catcher. Where the broadcasters sit. Yeah, it makes sense. It's the argument yeah. from. Um, uh, people that go to like if you want to the best way to watch a football game you watch the way that the all 22 would be shot right like you watch from the upper the upper deck 50. end zone oh the end zone end yeah. zone because you're seeing straight forward both sides of the ball you're seeing it the way that like the coach's film is right. shot right i mean i can't i can't watch a football game now if i'm not at the 50 yard line because since i was since i was doing like towson football for mm -hmm. four years i was always filming like right at the 50 yard line yeah it's pretty good and like uh, it's it's a good I way of like, watching it's difficult when i was going on the road like when i travel with the ravens it, you hated going to a place like new england where the press box was in the corner say, yeah because Ugh. you just got so spoiled by the setup at ravens games um that you were like yeah, I don't, I don't like this at all. I'd rather just not be here. I'd rather just watch on TV at that point. Now, to my friend that always takes me, and his seats are in the end zone, I love those. Yeah, right? So, yeah, so. yeah, the free tickets. I don't yes. care where the yes. view is. I get it. I completely understand. <laughs> anyway, the moral of the story is that the Orioles won a series. I don't know what just happened there. We started screaming about the bird bath. I'm trying to think of what... So I, it's funny because somebody just asked me, like, what would the thing for you be? And I, that's the problem. I don't know. If they ever set up, like, a recliner section where you could also have the basketball playoffs on at the same time or something like that would be the section like if they ever did a bit where they took one of the like suites that isn't used on a particular game night and was instead they put recliners in there and they also had like a screen in front of you that showed the NBA playoffs or something like that. Like that would be the section what if for me. They did like a dugout like you see what the Royals had? The Royals had those dugout suites. At, in I, Kansas City, uh, it's not. Which looked, yeah, it looked. I mean, because they're almost, they're basically in a cage, right? I, well, like, other places yeah. have done that. I don't. That's yeah. never been something. I mean, like, I'm not. I've never done it. So, like, maybe I would do it and be like, "Hey, this is great," but I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't speak to me specifically. My problem is, like, I sit down last night to watch the baseball game, but I also want to know what's going on in the the Knicks yeah. game. I also, you know, like, once you get deeper into the summer, there's no other alternatives, right? So it's I'm a little bit less distracted. But like the week that the you know, once once the ATP tour and the WTA tour come back to America this summer, like I'm gonna want to know what's going on in Cincinnati and in Toronto and in DC and Atlanta, things like that. That I, I'm just that would be my that's my most difficult part of I don't know if it's my if it's because I'm ADD, whatever it is. The most difficult part for me about committing to go to a game is that there's probably something else going on. Like I haven't even mapped this out, so. If the Suns were to win tonight, then Game Seven would be Saturday. Saturday. Yes. They wouldn't start the Western Conference Finals on Monday, would they? Uh, 
That's a real quick. But for a seven-game series, it's possible. Right. However, when would? So hang on a second. No, there because there's still two games left. So the Lakers series couldn't end in like if they if that went seven, it couldn't end until Sunday. So there's no way that they could start on Monday. That's impossible. They would at the earliest be able to start on Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, because Game Seven Heat Knicks is scheduled for Monday. Monday. If Monday. they, I mean, if they need a game. Now seven. look, I don't care that deeply about it, but like if they got the Game Seven, I would sure as hell want to watch it. Mm-hmm. And that's I'm not saying I wouldn't go to the Orioles game, but that's the dip. These are the difficult things for me. Is that like I really like the NBA playoffs, and there, so it'd be there could be three game sevens on Sunday. This Sunday, it'd be three. They've got it lined up for three game sevens. Yeah. So With, only Heat and Knicks would play on Saturday. They would play. Wait, hold that on. doesn't make sense. Heat they Knicks play, play game Friday, five. so there's and they're gonna have Saturday Sunday off. The Heat and Knicks would. So there's no NBA game slated for Saturday. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. No, there's not. That's a weird bit, isn't it? Bit. Well, because they know everyone's watching the Orioles Pirates. So. Okay, but the Orioles and Pirates also play on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, but Saturday night, Premier Baseball. Right. What, what's going to be Saturday night? Well, Maryland Army Lacrosse, right. I guess, is what they <laughs> yeah. didn't want to book against. That's the, a the UFC really... fights are at three o'clock. On yeah, but Saturday. but it's also not a real fight. Who cares? Like, why would they not? I mean, I get it. Sunday's a better TV day than Saturday, and I do That's believe weird. that oddly the NBA. This is here's here's a dumb bit. I remember one year going to turn when I we were doing Mother's Day at my grandfather's house when I was a kid, and I went to put whatever the NBA game was on on my grandfather's TV in the basement, and I remember him coming over like, "Who the hell cares about that? Come spend time with your family." And me being like, "Well, it's it's Bulls Knicks game whatever or whatever I said to him," and I remember like a Rashad was saying the words. Mother's Day triple header on NBC, like as wow. as this conversation was going on, and I remember my grandfather saying, "This is Mother's Day. It's not about that." And then like a moderate shot says that, and I was like, "No, it is about that." They did it for the mothers. Correct. So I guess that's what they're trying to recreate. How do we not get? How do we keep getting away from the Orioles? God, the Orioles won a series against the Rays. And we spent 20 minutes talking about bird bats and my grandfather yelling at me about watching basketball on Mother's Day. What the hell is going on around here? Uh, Orioles did indeed win the series against the Rays. Obviously, Dean Kramer was was phenomenal and last night. Every time and you think he's done. I, oh, I mean. This, this is the spot. Yeah, this is not a good spot for him. And then No, I mean, scoreless. it's been unbelievable. The, the, the two starts, at the point at which I had, decide, I had said, it's enough. It's okay to make the move. Let's go ahead and do it. He's been brilliant for the last two starts. And again, you hope that means that it was just an awkward month and he settles in and Dean Kramer has proven that he is definitely a part of this thing for some time to come. I'm going to need more. Two starts does not a season make. And by the way, these happen to be two outstanding starts so that it's one thing for you to pitch valiantly. He's pitched absurdly. So if that can continue, the fact that he was able to go back out there for the sixth when his pitch count was already elevated and get through, what was that, like an eight-pitch inning and something like that in the sixth inning um, when it was still a scoreless game, he's been phenomenal. I There was a small part of me, I didn't tweet this out, but I meant to, there was a small part of me that thought that the baseball gods were going to make the Orioles pay for leaving the a the couple of times last night, runner on third base, one out, and having non-productive outs. And frankly, I think they should have had to have paid for that. Like, that's, from a baseball standpoint, it, it shouldn't happen once. It happened multiple times to the Orioles last night. 
that very unique. It's not even talking about runners in scoring position now, or hits like with runners in scoring position, which was the disastrous thing on Sunday against the Braves. You don't even need a hit. You just need a productive out. And while they got one, obviously, on the, the Frazier fielder's choice. Right, yeah. correct. They got that one. That was the one. And that was, I believe, with nobody out, correct? Yes, yeah, bases were loaded, nobody out in the And sixth. they still had a runner on third base after that, mm-hmm. and they got the base hit, right? Mm-hmm. So like they get they did that inning outside of that inning, although they did ba- load the bases back up that inning and couldn't get anybody else across the plate. Um just that was that was frustrating last night because you worried about whether or not it would come back to bite him. Frank, thankfully, it did not. And the Orioles end up winning the series. And, yes, Yenier Cano gets called upon because Batista pitched a little bit longer the night before. I, I know we're going to create controversy where controversy doesn't exist. This is what – here's my official statement. M- make sure we prepare this. I mean, type type this okay. out. Send it All out right. to the press. Here's my official statement about trying to create a closer controversy in Baltimore. It's twofold. The first is, it's not necessary. Yenier Cano is pitching high leverage innings. Who cares if that's the eighth inning or the ninth inning? We're doing a wacky bit where we're pretending like one is more important than the other. Because we had created a statistic that suggests that's the case. We are slaves to statistics. The number of times, and God, you know I love Stan. I love him. But the number of times he wants to talk to me still about a pitcher's win-loss record instead of the actual stats that matter is nonsense. Saves are cool because we know them. We have defined whether or not guys get into the Hall of Fame based on this save statistic. But at some point in the future, much in the way that someone went back and re-looked at the numbers for Tim Raines and everybody said, huh, we really screwed this up. In the same way, at some point in the future, we're going to look back and say, why did we pretend like the ninth inning was so much more important than the eighth inning or the seventh inning? If the game is close. It just happens to be the last inning, the last shot that a team has. But were you definitely facing more difficult hitters in the ninth inning than you were facing, say, in the eighth inning? Is it a guarantee that the middle of the order comes up in the ninth inning and not the bottom of the order? Does the middle of the order never come up in the seventh or eighth innings? We are slaves to this concept. We're save slaves. That's what we are. We're slaves to the idea that saves are some holy, not-to-be-trifled-with statistic. And we know better. We know that all of the late innings of a close game matter. All of them do. If Yanir Cano is pitching a high-leverage innings, who cares which inning they are? Now, your argument, the best argument you can make is, right, but if you screw up in the seventh inning, you still have a chance afterwards. And if you screw up in the ninth inning, you don't. And it's a relevant argument, right? Like, that's the best argument that can be made about the value of the ninth inning, particularly if you're on the road. On the road, you send somebody out to the ninth inning, if they implode, 
it's over. You don't get another chance. If they implode in the seventh, your bats at least have a chance afterwards to try to fix it. It's relevant. That, that part is true. And what I would say is we don't need to solve this problem today. You're, you're creating a controversy because Yanir Cano has been better this season than Felix Batista has been. That's true. You're right. It's true. But we're pretending like Felix Batista hasn't gotten the results, and that's not true. Felix Batista's gotten the results. They've been adventurous. It, it has seemed at times like something was wrong, but he's gotten the results. I also don't think it's the end of the world if at some point Brandon Hyde were to decide, I like one guy in the eighth. I, I think that it's it's difficult because, in a again, unfortunately, we have become slaves to this concept of a statistic that now it feels like a demotion if Felix Batista right. suddenly acts to pitch in the eighth inning in the future. But I, I understand that a baseball team that separates themselves and just says what's best for winning, it's irrelevant. And what I would be doing is looking instead, maybe on a night-to-night basis, at who's coming up. Does Felix Batista have a good track record against these hitters? What, you know, what righties, lefties? Who? That's the type of decision that I would be making on a night-to-night basis. Who's the lineup? Really digging deep. What is the best possible matchup? What type of pitcher are... Or do these guys that are coming up have success against? And go closer by matchup. I would be inclined, by the way, years a few years ago, uh, Major League Baseball attempted to really put over this this hold statistic, right? They wanted it to take shape. I would suggest that in order to get us to, to sort of better understand this, they expand saves. And anyone who pitches a whatever and you'd have a to create this or to protect a lead after the sixth inning, you could have multiple pitchers get a save during the course of the game. In order for us to better understand that, like, hey, the seventh inning matters too. If but, you if you enter, you're going to devalue the save, right? N- mm. No, there'll be more, but you would go back retroactively and figure out who else should have a ton of saves, right? And by the way, that might make you say, "Son of a bitch, maybe Jesse Orosco is worthy of being in the Hall of Fame," because the seventh inning matters too in helping a team win a game. We are just slaves to certain statistics. It feels like at this point we should accept that we understand there's a difference. And it doesn't mean that I, d- I get the concept of the crowds rising to their feet. But, by the way, the crowd rises to their feet in a big spot in the seventh inning, too. Like This notion that only the ninth inning matters is nuts. I, 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 I don't think there's a closer controversy. I get that Yenier Cano has been awesome. And especially tough to bring it up after last, because Bautista had come off 30 pitches in a four-out save. Oh, I mean, that, there's, right. a, there's yeah. of course, a reason why it was... Con- last night, it was all about Bautista do- pitching more the night before. There was no... The Orioles were not reflecting any sort of controversy. But there's a group of fans that want there to be a controversy and want to say, he's your best reliever, he should be the guy pitching the ninth inning. All... I, I hear you. And maybe there are instances where he should. And I would argue... That that, 
like when you're a really good team that's really dove into the numbers, you have broke down everything about every batter, and you go into each game saying, hey, depending on what part of the lineup is coming up next, this is tonight we think this guy's better in th- facing these guys or this guy's better facing these guys and make your decision that way. Say we have super confidence in two guys at the back end of our bullpen. And so now use them interchangeably. Use them in whatever ways you possibly can in order to best maximize who's pitching to who. That would be my argument. But it's a great problem to have. We're trying to make a controversy out of it when it's really just a sign of how good the Orioles have it at the back end of their bullpen. They're gonna start. To, they're just gonna start doing this every year. It's the same thing basically last year with Jorge Lopez, and then Bautista was getting the eighth inning duties last year. Until no, again, and they that's part of the reason why they felt like they could trade away Jorge Lopez. Right. I hope that's not what they're thinking about. I hope the thought process like, is we can do this again. Yeah, let's just get rid of Bautista and continue to cha- trade away guys from the back end of our bullpen, right? Like now again, they use Lopez to find Cano, and it, it also might be a reflection of you never commit to a bullpen arm, right? Like. The, you run that thing into the ground and then move on to your next one. You find the next guy that you can put. Well, Tisa's ERA is over too. Yeah, he's eh, gone. He's that's gone. The, that's the way that it goes. Um, I, I'm just not. I'm not big on trying to make it seem like there's some sort of controversy. There is no controversy. It's a great problem to have because it's not really a problem. And if you want to, you can go a step further with it, and you can say we have two closers. And we can use them in different ways and against different lineups or different parts of a lineup, and we can match up even better because if this part of the lineup is coming up in the eighth inning, we think Batista is the right guy to face these hitters because his track record against these hitters says they can't touch him. Whatever it is, you have the ability to say, let's use these guys in a way that's best suited if that's what you want to do. But right now, there's no reason why the answer can't just be Batista's the guy in the ninth inning because he does, as awkward as it's been at times, he does continue to get the job done. And we have decided that ninth inning matters so much, so whatever. If that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. All right. Um, I think that's about all there was to say last night. It was it was for a big win, it was not a thrilling game by any stretch of the imagination. It was sixth inning was nice and it, yeah, yeah, I mean it, eh, but even the sixth inning was disappointing because you had the base loaded. You only, you only again. got two runs. Right. Yeah. You're like I'm all, you're just waiting for somebody to have a, a huge, massive, you know, break the game open type of hit. And I guess that's the one thing you come away from is that while yes, you've taken three out of these six games against the two best teams in baseball. And that's that's a totally acceptable scenario for this stretch of six games. Totally acceptable that you went three and three. There was one game in which your offense really came through of the six, right? Like there's one, the Friday night game. Mm-hmm. Other than that, your offense was largely pedestrian. At times, woeful. So right? Do you want to change your would you rather answer that? No, I'm not sure that I want to do. I don't. I don't know what to make of it, but it, you do monitor it, right? Like you do still have some questions about that moving forward. Um, you're just happy that the starting pitching has come through and is at the offense was lifting the starting pitching to start the season. Now the starting pitching is lifting the offense here for this last week. That's good. Baseball teams do that. Good baseball teams don't have everything click all the time and they figure out ways to win even when not everything is clicking. So um, it was great. It was, uh, you know, that's a, that's a really, really good thing. You know what else is a really, really good thing? AJ Michaels. They're a really, really good thing. 
expert and award-winning AJ Michaels. Heating, AC, plumbing, and home performance will improve your home's energy efficiency and comfort levels. AC season is coming up fast. New rebates and discounts are available. More at AJMichaels.com. So to come this hour, we're going to catch up with Ryan Evans from Johns Hopkins Lacrosse. Really great story as they get ready for Bryant on Sunday. That's on the way. It's a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. The All-America Senior Game, powered by New Balance, will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game, and if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com. The Orioles are off and running out to prove that last season wasn't a fluke and they are one of the best teams in baseball. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, host of the Bat Around for Press Box. Tune in every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon as Zach Goodman and I break down every Adley bomb, every Tony Tater, and every save from the mountain. Like a warm hug from Rutschman, the Bat Around has you covered with all things Orioles as we embark on what's sure to be a magical summer in Birdland. So tune in every Saturday for the best in Orioles coverage right here on the Bat Around. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Hartford Community College in Bel Air, Maryland, along with the National Junior College Athletic Association's Region 20, will host the 2023 NJCAA Men's Lacrosse National Championship May 13th and 14th at Hartford Sports Complex 401 Thomas Run Road in Bel Air. Semifinals are on Saturday, May 13th. The National Championship is Sunday, May 14th. Catch the action for $10 each day. Tickets will be available in advance or at the gate on game day. Qualifying teams will be announced. Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get. So get your crab-eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge, 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab-eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um, what's wrong with you? My man Booker Corrigan checking in this morning. You just heard his uh, voice there. And, oh yeah, I love, I love Booker. Everybody knows how much I love Booker. Uh, he's living down in Sarasota now. Says catchers do make good managers, and this I 1,000% agree. Uh, you want to watch hockey from up high in the corner. So if if you're not you you like a like a semi Capitals fan, right? Like you're not really. I mean, I mean yeah. You're like, like yeah. that's what I classify myself as, I guess. But you don't actually but care, really. No. Like it's more like a bandwagon thing. If they're good, right. you'll jump on exactly. it. Exactly. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's how a lot of people are, for what it's worth. <laughs> Like, for a minute... I'm an Oilers fan right now, for what it's worth. Why are you an Oilers fan? It's Connor McDavid, dude. I mean, I, they, okay, but there are other good right. players. <laughs> like, it's, you're yeah, acting he's like... He's the best one. 
It might be the best one left. I got to think about that a little. I mean, wait, what happened last night? Did the the leaves? The, they, they, the leaves won. They won. So, yeah. Austin, so Matthews Austin Matthews is still, is still in. So I would actually argue that Austin I'll Matthews. I'll take Connor McDavid the, over Austin Matthews. I, uh, I can't do that. Can't do that. I think Austin Matthews is a better. I think player. we need to see them fight it out. Um. So I of course did not have a hockey team growing up. Booker, uh, it was a big uh, uh, Flyers fan. I didn't have a hockey team growing up because we didn't have a hockey team here. And so it wasn't until I moved to Phoenix, and I think I've told the story a few times, I, I was working for the station that had the Coyotes games. And the Coyotes, you know, are most, the most irrelevant franchise maybe in all of American pro sports. And one day, the guy uh, that was doing, I can't remember, it was Sam Rosen's son, Matt, I believe his name was, that was doing pregame and postgame for the Coyotes. And he was going to be out. And normally when he was out, Evan Cohen, filled, the late Evan Cohen, who I love, filled in for him. But Evan couldn't do one, and so they asked me if I wanted to do it. They were like, would you want to do pregame and postgame for the Coyotes tonight? And I was 23 or whatever I was at the time, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and then the next step was, I don't know anything about the Coyotes. <laughs> like, anything at all. How much time did you have to figure out, learn, at least I, learn what a hockey puck I was? I was told <laughs> at like 1 o'clock the game was... Oh, it was the day of? Oh, day were, of. You were doing pre, they were like, you're doing pregame. Yeah, and, like, and, right. and making it more difficult, I still had to do my afternoon show that day. And so like, I had all of like an hour to cram. Now, I also had an assistant at that time, and I was like, hey, dude, kind of need some help from you. <laughs> Going to need you to help me prepare for this. So he basically, apparently, like, pregame, and you'll hear this on a lot of radio, is all formatted, like, you know, highlights from last night's game, and, you know, here's something you need to know about the opponent. And they were <clears throat> upcoming, you know, like, it's all these sounders and stuff like that. Right, you you okay. hear that if you tune into, like, the pregame show for the Ravens or the, you know, the even the uh, even the unofficial ones on 105.7, they, they sound like that. Um so the pregame show was easy, basically. It was all kind of written out on a script for me. But the postgame show, much like by. what I deal with when I do postgame over there, this is the problem. Did people call in about hockey? This was 06, 07, whatever it was. I don't know if that would still exist today. But back then, that was you didn't have a Twitter. Like There was nowhere else to go. If you wanted to talk about the game, this was the place to go to talk about the game. So I remember asking, like, so post-game, what is that like? And they're like, oh, you know, you'll take Wayne Gretzky's post-game press conference, and, you know, they'll have a, a you know, an interview with the, I, I guess the Fox Sports broadcast had an interview with a player, and we would run that during, like, those are a couple things that we'll do. And then basically you'll just take calls. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and so that's what it was, <laughs> is I just, all right, Dan and Cave Creek, you're up next on the Cave Coyotes Creek. post-game show. Oh, what the hell, man! Like, well, they're not getting shots. Uh, pucks on net. They got to get more pucks on net. And pucks then I, net. I think it was the first caller that said pucks on net, and I was like, that using that I forever? just use that forever. <laughs> like every, I'm like, you know what the real problem was, and I just not getting enough pucks on net. Like we can all agree, <laughs> pucks on net was really the issue tonight. I I grew to love hockey, but the point was, I I remember the first time. This was also the first time I went to a game, and the press box is up at the top of the arena, and you know, like I'm used to covering basketball where like the media row is down on the lower level. And I was like, well, this kind of sucks, right? <laughs> like you got to go all the way up to the top of the building in order to. And then like the first person I talked to was like, no, you want that. It's a better way for watching the game. And then as I ended up falling in love with the coyotes and, and hockey and I was super into it, I really dug doing it. Um, I found that I appreciated that that view and that ability to sort of see the puck and see the ice the way that you did 
And then every time I've gone to a game as a fan, I've always wanted to sit up top, right? And then when I when I the rare times I do broadcast a hockey game, and you know you're not all the way up there, you get very frustrated because you just don't see the ice the way that you want to see the ice from that angle. So um, no, I'm completely with Booker. It's that's the best, the absolute best place to watch a hockey game is up there. There is no doubt about that. Um, <laughs> I really wish we had time to have Booker call in right now because I love Book. Um, no, because I said we're going to do Ryan Evans right now. I, so what, what Griffin's alluding to is that we actually taped the interview with Ryan Evans, but we said we were going to do it after. Now. Yeah. No, we said, we, okay, afterwards. Maybe we'll have him call in yes. for a minute. All right. So here's what we're going to do. I have a bunch of things I want to get to this morning. Of course, uh, Lamar Jackson, some of you trying to create a controversy about him not being at football school. We'll get to that. And I want to get to the NFL schedule leaks that we've had come out ahead of the schedule release. And, and fighting words. Oh, yeah, right. Okay, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. All right. That's, I, I, there was something I meant to tell you about that, but all right. Okay. All right, we'll talk okay. about fighting words as well. You know, an abbreviated version. Uh, maybe. We'll see. All right. Now, the point being, before we do any of that, we had the opportunity to catch up with Ryan Evans from Johns Hopkins. It's a really, really cool story ahead of their game Sunday against Bryant. So let's take a listen to that right now here on GCR. Coming up this Sunday, Johns Hopkins opens the NCAA tournament at noon as they host Bryant. And joining us now here on GCR, a local kid who has a really awesome story. And I've been looking forward to chatting with him this week as he gets ready for the start of the NCAA tournament. He is the pride of boys Latin. He's Hopkins midfielder Ryan Evans, and he's with us now here on GCR. Ryan, it's Glenn. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking the time, and congratulations on getting ready for the NCAA tournament. Yeah, Glenn, thank you so much. We're, we couldn't be more stoked to kind of get this first round game at home on Sunday. So, yeah, just looking forward to it. You know, you are someone who I have to imagine probably cares about this maybe even more than anybody else on the team, right? Like, you are Hopkins <laughs> through and through in your blood. Let me let me go back a ways for those that don't know. Your dad played at Hopkins. Your grandfather, Joe Callen, one of the greatest players in Hopkins history. When you were a kid... Was there any thought in your mind that you were going to do anything other than play lacrosse at Johns Hopkins? <laughs> yeah, nope. Yeah, yeah. That's all I wanted to do since I was a little boy. That's all, that's all I wanted to do. Really? Was there ever like a time yeah. where you even thought about something where you're like, oh, maybe I, maybe I buck the trend, right? Like maybe I, maybe I go to uh, <laughs> Syracuse. Maybe I go to Princeton. Something like that. Did you uh, ever consider? I'll give you. I'll give you a funny story. I remember. So I was. This is when I was starting high school, and obviously early recruiting was a thing. And my, I told my dad. My dad was very honest with me, and so was my grandfather. They wanted me to look at different schools. They didn't want me to just have my like, like eyes set on Johns Hopkins University. And I understood that. And I was like, I got to see kind of what else is out there. And because I've obviously I am a local kid, and I've grown up around this place. But um, I said I looked at my dad one day. I was just sitting on the couch. And I was like. Yeah. Dad, um, wh- what would you think if I ever got recruited by like Virginia or something? He's like, <laughs> he's like, well, here I'm going to be honest with you, Ryan. I hope you have ten goals, but I hope you lose. <laughs> and uh, and that's yeah. nothing against the Virginia program. It's just that's my dad. That was my dad's big rival when he was playing, and they're a great program. <laughs> that oh, was a funny see. story, and I, I I thought that was um. A cool moment. That's awesome, uh, man. It, yeah. w- what did it mean yeah. to you the first time you put the uniform on? I, I, we'll talk about this season. We'll talk about you guys getting ready. But for you, what did it mean the first time you put a Hopkins uniform on? 
So I'll, I'll go back a little bit. So the first time I put it on, obviously, was freshman year. And that was a di- that was a difficult year. Yep. Like that. So 2020. But, I mean, it was really special to put it on. But it didn't mean something until I was able to put it on last year and actually step on the field and, play, yeah. and have an understanding of what it meant to play on a, um, a store field like Homewood. Um, and I, I know I was out, I was out at the, I was out for the first game. Um, cause I was, I had an injury. Um, I actually was in a yeah, very I... serious boating accident. Um, and I almost lost my arm and I'm very thankful I didn't able to come back in four weeks time. Thank God. And I was able to compete against Loyola here at home. And that was a really cool moment because I scored my first two goals ever on Elmwood Field. And that was, you just kind of feels like your dreams are coming true as a little, like, as when I was a little kid, that's all I wanted to do is just play on that field. I felt like everything was coming uh, full circle. That's so cool, man. I, I want to I talk- was, it was a really cool moment. I, I want to talk more about, you know, what you had to overcome here in a minute, but I, I also feel like maybe it means even more to you this season that Hopkins, that you guys have put together this year, knowing, you know, as you pointed out, it's been a tough couple of years, right, for this program, and there was a lot of noise coming into this year about where Hopkins is, and aren't they supposed to totally. be Johns Hopkins? How important has it been for you as someone who has cared about this program literally your entire life, and it's truly in your blood to be able to return Johns Hopkins lacrosse to the prominence that I'm sure you believe it, it should have within this sport. Yeah, I mean, there's no bigger privilege in, to play on this field, and um, I personally, it's always been a goal of mine. I've, uh, I've heard the stories. My dad, my dad. Uh, <laughs> He's went to four Final Fours and never won a national championship. My grandfather won three national championships. So this to finally bring Hopkins back to the playoff to begin with yeah. is special. But there's another goal, and we got to win a national championship. We got to we got to put our names back out there. Where the the goal's not done yet. It's Johns Hopkins lacrosse, man. I get it, right? <laughs> like that is yeah. the expectation. We, we're we're a group of hungry guys that want to just keep getting after it. And uh, I couldn't be prouder of this team. I'm very thankful for kind of all these guys. We've put in so much work over the years, um, especially this year. Um, and all of us are super proud to be where we are. And we're just excited to keep going. He is Ryan Evans. He's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio again. Hopkins Bryant, Sunday at noon at Homewood Field. Um, Ryan, what what did it take? You know, from where you guys had been the last couple of years to get this thing together this season and have the season that you had and, you know, some huge wins. Georgetown at the beginning of the year, obviously the Maryland game in the regular season. What did it take for you guys to be able to put it all together and have this season and put yourself in a a position where you have a chance to win a national title? I I think it comes down to uh, two to three things. Um, heart, trust, and focus. You know, we, we've all we've all talked to talk. We all wanted to be here. But we've said that the past, well, now it's three years for me. And this is the first year it's coming true. And I think that the group of guys we have now have been the most dedicated and committed guys to this program that I've seen in a very long time. And 
I just couldn't, I just can't wait for this to kind of just come full circle. Um, I, I know it was probably disappointing to follow up on that, you know, massive win by, by losing at home to Maryland in the Big Ten tournament. Yeah. But d- did it teach you? Like, is there some weird, like, hey, it makes you even hungrier? Is there something that it puts an even bigger chip on your shoulder that maybe it gets everybody's attention a little bit more, that perhaps you're even more focused now heading into the NCAA tournament having gotten left, yeah, being left with that bad taste? Yeah, I think, I think that loss. Um, and Big Ten semifinal to Maryland really kind of was a little bit of a wake up moment for us. Like we hadn't put, we did not have a good week of practice leading up to that game. We, we, we just weren't ourselves. I think we, I think we thought we kind of had the game in the bag, um, and we just, I don't know, it just didn't go our way, obviously. But I think for the past couple days now, we've been we've been pretty focused and we're, we're pretty hungry. We've gotten after it on the field against each other these past couple of days and we're, we're pretty hungry. So I think it's, I think it's a good thing in a sense. Uh, you know, obviously it's not easy, right? Like, you know, what's ahead. Yeah, hundred percent. Cle- yeah. Clearly playing in the big 10 helps with this, right? Because you don't get easy games at any point during the course of conference play. So you guys have been playing really good opponents now for a very long time, but what will it take, Ryan, for you guys to then, you know, raise that level? Even starting with Brian on Sunday, that's a really good Bryant team, right? I don't know that everybody realizes how good. Yeah, that they team are. Is. They are a very good team. I right. give them a lot of credit. Um, uh, I yeah, I've, I give them a lot of credit. They're they're a hardworking group. Um, they're tough. They slide pretty quick. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a gritty game. Um, so yeah, I'm not. I mean. Could you repeat your question? No, real quick? no, right. Ah, I mean, sorry, like, I like, it's, all, it's, it's, it's all good, and I appreciate the fact that you want to make sure you praise your opponent. Um, but yeah. I just mean, what will it take? Knowing you've got to win four games in three weeks, all against really good teams. What do you feel like you guys yeah. have to do even better than you were playing than when you were playing through this great stretch to close the regular season? You know, I uh, one of our coaches even even talked about it kind of after our, our loss against Maryland is now it's a game of runs and we've made, we've made a run this year. We, we've proven that we can make a run mm-hmm. and we've played, we have a very good schedule. So we've proven that we can play with the best of the best. Um, especially obviously the big 10 teams. Those are, are, I think up there with the ACC, we're the best for our conference in the country. Um, all like every year. And so I think, having that schedule of very tough opponents every, every weekend gives us an advantage heading into the games um, to the final four or not final four. I'm sorry. Um, the playoffs. Um, so, yeah. I, I, I think there's no doubt. It absolutely helps prepare you more significantly than a lot of places could. Um, Ryan, you mentioned something earlier and it's, it's an unbelievable story to me. I, I was totally unaware of this boating accident that you were in and when you say those words, I, I I nearly lost my arm. That's a really powerful thing to hear someone say, and and I can yeah. only imagine what going through something like that, and the perspective that it gives you, and and how much maybe you appreciate small things a little bit more, knowing you nearly lost it. Can you take me through what these last two seasons have meant to you? Because I'm sure you'd love to be scoring 40, 50 goals, right? Like I'm sure you'd love to be 
you know, doing crazy things. <laughs> yeah. But how much more it means to you and how much more appreciation you have after you went through what, what you went through in your personal life. Yeah, totally. I, I, I remember kind of that day was a very obviously traumatic and scary day. Um, and I remember getting into the ambulance, um, just like seeing my dad and I was a total breakdown. Like just, I literally thought in my head, never going to be able to play lacrosse again, catch or throw or anything like that. And cause obviously none of the paramedics were telling me anything. And I woke up basically the next morning and the doc, the doctor gave me the best worst news ever. He was like, you'll be back in four weeks. And I'm like, are you serious right now? He's like, yeah, there was very minimal damage. And I'm like, I'm like, Oh my God, am I the luckiest person on the planet right now? And it, cause that could have been so much worse. I mean, I, all jokes aside, I could be at the bottom of the ocean right now. Right, right, right. <laughs> but, um, did, did you, and, like, when when you stepped on the field for the first time afterwards, did you find yourself, like, smelling the grass? Like, I'm just so happy. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Like, but being able to put my, I'm not even the field, just being able to put my equipment back on and just pass and catch with the guys was like, oh, my God. Like, I could literally just be standing on the sideline right now with the guys just not being able to do anything right now. And it just, it just kind of like, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about my faith a little bit right here. It just brought me closer. I feel like to God. Um, Cause there've been times in my life where I feel like I've been like, like falling away from like all that stuff. And I think that really opened my eyes again and allowed me to kind of find my place. And another, another full circle thing is um, this is, sensitive subject my uncle actually passed away in a boating accident when i was a freshman in high school and yeah it's uh it's very sad but part of me believes that he was there that day and saved my life wow that is uh, yeah i'm gonna get a little emotional man that's that's a really powerful thing um yeah. You know, I'm, I, Ryan, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy for you. Obviously, one that you're just able to play, right? Like, you know, yeah. good for you that you're. Able I appreciate to do that. that class. <laughs> but, but you know, obviously, the fact that um, you were able to do this and and be such a big part of this team, and I know you're just getting started. I know that there are big goals ahead for you guys. But really happy for you. Uh, Want to make sure everybody gets out there Sunday at noon. Bring mom, right? Bring mom. Enjoy, yeah. uh, enjoy yeah, Mother's mom. Day at Homewood Field this Sunday for the NCAA yeah. tournament. Ryan, what, where can people, you know, from this area, lacrosse fans, be giving you a follow anywhere social media-wise? Is there something we can shout out? Yeah. <laughs> social media is r.evans25. Um, I'm not big on Twitter. Um, so, yeah, just Instagram, r.evans25, all lowercase. That's um, it. Yeah. Give him a follow there. Um, Ryan, so happy for you. Uh, such a great story, and I know you're still writing it, and there's a lot more to be written. So we look forward to seeing you out there this Sunday and the rest of the way of the NCAA tournament. Best of luck, and uh, we'll be rooting for you, all right? Thanks so much, Glenn. I really appreciate it. That was really powerful, man. That was uh, that was a heck of a conversation with Ryan Evans as uh, Hopkins gets ready for Bryant on Sunday, and what a story of... Uh, someone who really thought it was over and now has a chance to try to go help his team and the team that he always grew up desperate to play for try to win a national championship in the coming weeks. That is 
That is powerful, man. Uh, appreciate Ryan Evans taking the time for us. I really enjoyed that. Um, all right, so here's what we're gonna do. Let's 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 move some things around. Let's see. We'll see how this all plays out. We're gonna uh, catch up with our buddy Booker Corrigan. Hour number one of today's show is in the books. A reminder that pressboxonline.com slash offers has all of the best offers for you for signing up for sports betting. For example, you can get up to $1,000 in a deposit bonus match plus a $50 free bet from DraftKings. But the only way to take advantage of that is to go to pressboxonline.com slash offers in order to claim your incentive. you got to click on the DraftKings logo when you go to pressboxonline.com slash offers. There's no code. There's nothing like that. That's the only way you can go about taking advantage of that particular offer. My buddy Booker Corrigan, uh, you hear his voice talking about All-American Lacrosse, and I, I love Book, and I, I miss him being up here. He moved away from us, and so he can't come in and hang out with us the way that he used to in uh, lacrosse season, which was one of my favorite things. He is uh, back with us here this morning on GCR. Book, what's going on, brother? How are you? Oh, Glenn, it's good to be on. It's good. I miss you guys. I, I miss the days. Dude, how about Ryan the Evans, by the, the way? On the last. How, how about Ryan Evans trying to make me cry, man? <laughs> like, oh, oh, what a great family. Dan and Jody are just fabulous people. Uh, the great Joe Cowan yep. went from returning punts for Johns Hopkins against Swarthmore to catching passes from Johnny Unitas when he got his tryout with the Baltimore Colts. So he is a Joe Cowan is one of them. A true legend, Sir Joe Cowan. Yeah, Sir Joe Cowan. A true legend, and um, that was really that was really special, man. That was a special, fun conversation. All right, so let's cover a few things with you, dude. One, um, we weren't able to do our, our lacrosse draft because you welched on the last one. Uh, how do you feel about yourself? What do you have to say for the fact that you never got a, you ran off and got married and ran away? Like you, you, I, I told you you were going to have to run, and you instead chose to run away and go get married instead but of running 10 miles. You talked to my coworker, Chris Tomlinson, <laughs> yeah. and he yeah, told yeah, you yeah. I did the 10 miles yeah. in that, the rain. Yeah, that was a hell of an effort that you made to, get your, to cover your ass. Oh, Glenn, you missed it. Booker ran 10 yeah, miles he, the other day. Yeah, and he brought me a jacket when it was raining, like yeah. mile six. Yeah, that definitely <laughs> happened. Of, of, all, of all of the things that didn't happen, that's the most didn't happiest that I have heard in some time. It's all out of love, though, Glenn. It's I, all out of love. I know that's true. Um, how you feeling going into this? It's a weird thing where, like, it really does feel like it's one of the ACC teams, but I'm not sure. I'm, I'm guessing you're probably leaning a little bit more towards Notre Dame. Um, I, yeah. Yeah, I would love to see Notre Dame uh, close the loop, so to speak, and, and bring one home for Cousin Kev. But it's it's never easy. No. No, it's Only never one easy. Only one gets to do it, and there's some surprise teams. Okay, so, this, so here we go. If tournament. it's not one of the three A's, if it's not Notre Dame, Virginia, or Duke, right, yep. who could? Give me one other team that could, because I've got a, a bit of a wild card, a team that I saw a couple weeks ago that looked like monsters. Give me who I know exactly who you're thinking of, but okay. I'm going to tell you, yes, for one, so I'm going to tell you Georgetown Cornell. Yeah. yeah. How's that for one? Yeah. Like, dude, Georgetown, and, when I they, they dropped 23 goals on Loyola, and they stopped trying at some point. Like, they yeah. – like at some point during that game, Georgetown was up 15-1 to 1 in the second quarter and was just like, eh, we're good. Like, we can just coast from here. Georgetown has looked like a national champion for some time. 
Yes, but they also came out of the gates, and and you know there's no undefeated team this year. So yep. you know, Georgetown came out of the gates and really got whooped, no doubt, by some teams, and now they are you know running wild through through teams. So that's going to be interesting to see. The other little sneaky sneaker is, and I don't think it's really that big of a surprise, but they do play Maryland in the first round. Is Yo, Army? They've played really well. They've played really, and they're. Like they're the one team. So Maryland's greatest advantage is at the faceoff dot, right? But like that was supposed yep. to be Lehigh's greatest advantage, and it was not. Yeah. <laughs> like Army is like that is the the thing that changes everything with them is it's really hard to get the ball, and then they do about six other things well. Right. The other thing, going back to the Ryan Evans thing, is hearing him talk about the word faith. A lot of these teams succeed because they have faith in each other. Mm. And it's a, it's going to be one of the, there's a lot of one goal games this coming weekend. There's no doubt about that. There is no doubt. Hell, I mean, Penn way, State, Princeton, I, I mean, I'm looking at it right here. Penn State, Princeton is going to be a one goal game. Okay. Georgetown, Yale, one goal game. I think Cornell can take Michigan, but I thought Maryland could take Michigan. I think UVA Richmond is going to be a two or three goal game. Wow. Wow. Richmond, well, they beat them. Richmond beat UVA probably three years ago. Or two years ago, yeah. so it'll be. Yeah, they're not intimidated by them. I, I don't. I don't think Delaware stinks either. By the way, <laughs> like I know. I think what they yeah, score last that, night, like twenty-four goals. Yeah, they scored yeah, twenty-five the last night. Game sometimes adds up to a lot more. You know, they have their NCAA playoff jitters yep. out of the way. Right, and oh, and by two, the way, a lot of those guys were on the team that went and beat Georgetown last year too. Yeah. Yeah, Duke's a, a different animal. I don't know how it's going to shake down, but it's going to be awesome. And the lacrosse fans win. I agree with that. It sets up to be a really good weekend. Like, there is no question about that. Um, but that's not all that's going on in your world. you got other things coming up. you got uh, – so I, we were talking about, obviously, we hear your voice telling everybody about All-America Lacrosse. Now I want you to explain it a little bit more to me. Who does this matter for All-America Lacrosse? The biggest component of it is the underclass tryouts, getting in there and getting seen and getting recruited by the best teams in the country or the right team for that young player, whether he's a junior or senior or even in the younger set. We have kids who just love getting that experience, get that comfort level on the proverbial big stage. And then the senior game, it's the grand finale for a kid's high school career. It is the premier across high school event every summer it has been we had under armor for a long time they were fabulous and new balance has come in and exceeded expectations so it's going to be you know an even better show and we played at hopkins and the kids absolutely love it they get an incredible gear bag they get an amazing banquet last year the speaker at the banquet was the man who killed osama bin Laden, the man who pulled the trigger Holy crap. And he actually confir- he confirmed what we all thought. That's and that was that Osama bin Laden's last words were, are you guys here to fix the cable? <laughs> I, I probably shouldn't laugh at that the way that I am, but I can't help myself. 
<laughs> well, yeah, I mean, he was the bad guy, so yeah, I think uh, we can no, crack. Yeah, crack right, correct. Yes, I'm all I'm all good with laughing about killing Osama bin Laden. I just I, I I think I think we've heard that he was exactly the coward that you would imagine him to be. So that makes it all, all the better. That is that is wild, man. That is. I was by the way, I'm at allamericalacrosse.com right now as Booker Corrigan is with us. I'm just looking at your coaches list, and it's everyone. Like why why bother to list all of the coaches when you can just say. Everyone, <laughs> literally yeah. all of them. <laughs> yeah, when, and and the great part about that showcase of coaches is it's a top D one, top D two, top D three. So there's a place for everybody. I mean, my stepson played in the underclass tournament, and he goes to Assumption University and is having a great. He was all, on the all conference rookie team. That's cool. So it's it's a great way to measure yourself against the best best players in your region at the underclass level and then of course the senior game is second and on the senior game is it so allamericalacrosse.com you can find all the information for registering and then also find all the information just for people that want to come out and check out the senior game on top of it <laughs> you got it That's you got it That's and i loved uh when ryan evans also he said you know lacrosse is a game of runs I immediately thought it's kind of like my 50s. Yeah. 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 Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh. Is that why you ran away to Florida and you're making me do all your jobs now? Is that the reason yeah. why you got away? Yes. Is because those 5 a.m. Yeah. wake-up calls were a little bit painful? Yes. I miss uh, I miss our picks. Yeah. Who do you have, Who do you have winning it? Um, Other I mean, than Duke, UVA, ND. Well, that's what, I, if, if it's not Duke, UVA, or, or ND, I'd say Georgetown. That's the team that I feel the, the best about right now. And again, part of that is the bias of having just seen them play maybe their best game of the year a couple weeks ago. Right. But I, I was so overwhelmed with what it is that they've been able to present and how it is like that I, I, I swear to God, I knew that them, when they like dipped their toes into the transfer portal and they said – we got a kid. We think that this is going to work out. I said, yeah, I think Tucker Dordovic is going to be pretty all right. I think he's been even better than that. Like, I, I, that has been such a unique fit to me. I am so high on Georgetown at the moment that there is a part of me that thinks I don't even have to qualify it as if it's not one of the ACC teams. Like, I think they deserve to be even more so than Maryland or Penn State, I mm-hmm. think Georgetown deserves to be at like the top of the heap for candidates. Just because, again, they're to- they're the totality of what they did this season is still weighed down by the difficult start. But lacrosse they've been playing right. of late has been sublime, man. Like they are clicking. Their head coach Kevin Warren is one of the great guys in yeah. lacrosse, one of the yeah. great characters yeah. in lacrosse. I got to meet him through uh, my friend Bobby Benson. The other team I want to mention is Johns Hopkins. Okay. When you when you lose that last game, but you still get an invite to the tournament, now you have a little chip on your shoulder, and sometimes that's all it takes. Lord knows they have talented kids, yep. and all these teams do. But Army might be my that's a, that surprise is... upset. I wouldn't be stunned. Squad. I wouldn't be stunned yeah. by it. I mean, like, this is a Maryland team that's been so up and down this season. I wouldn't be stunned at all if Army could pull off the shocker in round one. All right, uh, two other things quickly. One, uh, you make your sell on Connor McDavid over Austin Matthews. Go ahead. Oh, 
It's it's not even close. Oh, stop! It's Austin Matthews has things created. Austin Matthews has things created for him. Connor McDavid creates things for others, and he does it while being guarded by two guys. He's like the Michael Jordan. I mean, I'm thinking of an easy comparison. He, Connor McDavid is so much better than Austin Matthews, that's, and oh, a Maple Leaf fans will tell you that. That's a Maple strong... Leaf fans. Maple Leaf fans would trade Matthews for Connor McDavid any day of the week. Boy, that is I I, I don't I'm not going to pretend like I I'm know. a hockey guy. I know you're a hockey guy. I know you're yeah. a hockey guy. I understand that. Oh. I lo- I love Austin Matthews though. I just love watching the dude play. So I'm yeah. not sure. I'm not. And sure. you're allowed to. Um, and then uh, te- I'm I'm going to be hanging out. The ten miler is coming up in a couple of weeks. What else? Uh, what else can I plug for you? Uh, def- definitely the ten miler, and then we have the new Ocean City Running Festival in the end of October, and of course the Baltimore Running Festival is phenomenal. Uh, the running community loves the way Corrigan Sports Enterprises puts on events, and you know we have the Bay Bridge Run basically sells out. We almost can't get more people in it. That's wild. Everybody wants to run over the Bay Bridge. It's you know the easy 10k up and down the bridge, basically. Did you know the Bay Bridge is four you just miles? Used, by the way, you off? just said the phrase "easy 10k," and I'm going to have to push back about that a little bit. That that is what we call an oxymoron, my friend. That's like calling it. That's like jumbo shrimp. Like there is no such thing as an easy. 10k as a man who you once roped into running a 10k that's nonsense <laughs> not no, a I thing roped you into running a 10, i roped you into running a 10 miler well yeah you did i did but i didn't run the whole thing i actually ran the yeah. whole 10k in annapolis that year i legitimately oh, ran okay. the entire thing and then i got to the end i actually couldn't believe it when i got to the end i was like wow i actually i probably could run a little bit more if i had to which was quite the statement easy 10k it wasn't easy it was hell it was utter hell until I got to the end, and I was—I saw your smiling face, and that—that uh, that gave me joy to see your smiling face at the end of the race. That is the one good thing about you moving away is now that I have to work your events, I don't—you can't rope me into running them. That is the one nice thing about you That's, having moved away. I, I, <laughs> I always had that in my back pocket. Um, I'm working. I can't. Yeah, can't run sure. it. But you, yeah. you're yeah, a man. Yeah, why don't you, why don't you, you go got, ahead? I—you got me to run three of these things, man. It was nuts. <laughs> nuts all right uh, uh allamericalacrosse.com and uh at booker corrigan on twitter but don't follow him because i think he might still have more twitter followers at the moment hang on let me double check let me see where we are <laughs> hang on this is always a, a a fun race between the two of us where's booker today booker's at oh no i'm back in front of you ha 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 all right so a, a, a couple hun- a couple hundred of you are allowed to follow Booker Corrigan, but only a couple hundred of you are allowed to do that. I have it easy. I could just get my sister to post something about me, and I'll get 100 followers, 200 followers just by that. Well, can't you ask her to post something about me then? Could I get you to do that? <laughs> I'm going to post something about you. I love you. People will unfollow you. <laughs> no, I'm going to go. I can't wait to I can't wait to follow Ryan Evans, R. Evans 25. Oh, he's the best. That was incredible. That was really incredible. I know. Man. Uh, Booker Corrigan. Yeah, I talked to his mom yeah. about the boating accident. She was like almost in tears when she was telling me about it. And this was three weeks after it. Dude, I, that's the line where yeah. he says it's the great, like it's the greatest four week. It's the greatest bad news you'll ever get in your life that you're going to be out yeah. for four weeks. Like, imagine the happiness that you have when you find out you're only going to be out for four weeks in that moment. Like, I can play lacrosse huh. again in a month after I thought I was going to lose my arm. Oh, yeah, or worse. Yeah, miracle. And him talking about his uncle, I. Dude, it took me everything to not lose it in that moment. Just to not 
utterly lose it. Him talking about his uncle being there to say it. Oh, oh, that was, that was too much, man. Uh, Book, you know I love you. Always appreciate you, brother. Yep. Uh, let's talk okay, about. Bye. Let's talk again soon. All right. You got it. Thanks. Thanks, Clint. Book of course. Hey, brother. He was just listening this morning, and he's a friend, and he's the best. So, why not have him check in and uh, share a thought or two ahead of the start of the NCAA tournament this weekend? Yeah, Ryan Evans, that was powerful stuff, man. That was uh, that was all right. All right, let me uh, get in a couple of thoughts here. Uh, first of all, one, if you haven't signed up yet, get the pressboxonline.com slash contest. We're giving away four tickets to all of the area minor league baseball teams, plus an Easy Pass Maryland on-the-go transponder preloaded with $25 and a $50 gas card from Royal Farms. In order to help you get around, you must be 18 or older. The sweepstakes ends June 14th. Get over to pressboxonline.com slash contest right now in order to sign up. Two things. One, you're not going to try to get me to pretend like there's some sort of controversy related to Lamar Jackson and Odell Beckham, among others, not being at what I've never even heard of football school. I swear to God, when I got an email the other day saying there's media availability for football school, I was like, what is that? Like, are you teaching kids? Are you? Te- I've never heard of football school, and I'm not going to pretend to care. And you guys that want it to be a thing because, you know, if it bleeds, it reads. I've said before, it would be swell if Lamar Jackson showed up at some point during voluntary OTAs. That would be cool. And it would be cool, particularly for this year, given that it's a new offensive coordinator and there's some new playmakers around him. But there's a flip side to that, which is, one, you cannot try to pretend like... It is an obligation of some sort. The word voluntary eternally matters. We, we get to a point where words just don't have meaning any longer. You can't call something a voluntary OTA and then try to pretend like it's some sort of controversy if someone doesn't show up voluntarily. Words have meaning. They're voluntary OTAs. The guys whose roster spots aren't guaranteed need to be there. And it's cool when a more established veteran chooses to be there for whatever reason, whether it's just because, hey, I was going to be working out in the building anyway, so if I'm here, why not? Whether it's because they think it's meaningful, whatever it is, it's cool that guys that don't have to worry about those things show up too. I don't think it hurts to be there. The notion that it definitively helps is backed up by nothing. There is no proven track record that all of the Super Bowls are won by teams with the highest attendance at voluntary OTAs. That is a a fallacy. Do we know what the stats are for football school, though? For football school, that's a great that's, point. Yeah, I think I, I don't know that everyone anyone's teams. ever done football school before because I have no idea what it is. Um, somebody might have explained it yesterday, and I just didn't. I don't care enough to have bothered to do the work. Um. You're not going to create some sort of controversy. There is no controversy. There's not. I I think it's great that by getting this done, the Ravens will know that Lamar Jackson will be there for training camp. I would still argue that it isn't even fact that having to have somebody there at the start of training camp is what makes the difference in winning a Super Bowl or not. We have nothing that proves that by any stretch of the imagination. So... You just you can't get me to play along with your dumb games because, again, 
we're bored or we don't there aren't football games to talk about so we have to talk about something i won't play along with that it does not matter it would be neat if lamar jackson were to show up at some point during the voluntary otas that would be a cool thing and i don't think it would hurt him in any way to do that but i can't swear to you that it helps either and there is no track record that says that the difference in winning a Super Bowl or not is whether or not somebody's at voluntary OTAs. That does not exist. So settle the F down. We've had more um, official schedule announcements over the course of the last day. Weird bit where I'm not sure. I, I ended up having this conversation with somebody. I'm not sure what the NFL is doing with week 17 because the college football playoff semifinals are scheduled for New Year's Day and are at least, unlike the record-keeping sites, it's the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl, and they're scheduled for late afternoon and... Um, like 8 p.m. or whatever. 8 p.m. So mm-hmm. I don't know what the NFL's plans are for Monday of that week because ESPN has the rights to both Monday Night Football and the college football playoff. I don't think there's a chance in hell that they're scheduling a college football playoff semifinal up against a Monday night football game. That seems nuts. So I don't know if it's that they're going to try to play an afternoon NFL game that day, like maybe like a 1 o'clock NFL game, the way that they're doing it on Christmas. So maybe instead of having Monday night football, they have Monday Monday day. Because it's a holiday, right? Like it's New Year's Day. So maybe that's something they're going to do. But why would you want to put a 1 o'clock game? Like when you have the – it's a very weird bit. And if they wanted a Monday night football game, why wouldn't they just move the other semifinal to Tuesday? Like, I, there's just a lot of questions. Or, uh, uh, f- why aren't they doing the semifinals on that Saturday, the 30th, right? That's what the, that's what the calendar is, Saturday. Uh, because they 30th. want New Year's Day to be their day as much as they possibly can. Like, I right. understand the idea yeah, that we, okay. associate the college football, six. Like, we associate college football with New Year's Day, and they don't like when they have to give up New Year's Day, like last year because New Year's Day was a Sunday. They don't like that. They want New Year's Day to be the day for big college football games. So, and the Rose Bowl refuses to move off New Year's Day anyway. So if the Rose Bowl is going to be a semifinal, you're going to have to do it on New Year's Day. It's a weird, all of it's kind of weird to me. Could ESPN be just moving Monday Night Football to Saturday that week? They've done that a few times in recent years. They've traded off. It's not like in the past where week 17 there was no Monday Night Football. Well, now that's week 18 where there's no Monday Night Football. There is Monday Night Football in week 17. So I don't know what the plan is for all that. I mean, I guess this year, because it was the way it lined up this year was like they were, they had like the Rose Bowl, they had like several bowls on ESPN, and then they were going to do Monday Night Football, and it was supposed to be that Bills Bengals game that everyone was very excited for. Correct. And, but they've got the Sugar Bowl listed as semifinal like and at night. So I, that was my thought: is do they move to the Sugar Bowl to the one o'clock slot? Do like Sugar two and Bowl, five, one and five, Sugar Bowl, Rose Bowl, then Monday, Monday Night, Night Football, Football which, or nine o'clock, which like would that. be kind of great. Like yeah. I, I think I'd be down with that. But the Sugar Bowl is at least internally listed as being a night game, and that's when they typically play. The, the Sugar Bowl has over the years been the New Year's Day night game. So. I don't know. I'll be interested to figure out. Yeah. Uh, what, what there's no way the NFL like. does 1 o'clock. You I say mean, that, but aren't they, don't they do a 1 o'clock game on Christmas? Like, didn't they, they announce? Yeah, they did. They, or well, they, I know they year. did last year because it was that Packers-Dolphins They did 1, game. 4, and 8. Um, they did just, but they've announced before. two Christmas games for this year on Monday. So they're doing... That was the Giants-Eagles. Yeah, they're, they're doing a 1 o'clock Monday game. It's Raiders-Chiefs. Huh? Raiders Chiefs is a one o'clock game on Monday on Christmas, so it's totally not impossible they do another one o'clock game on New Year's Day. Like it's, it's fathomable that they could end up doing both. 
Um, it's weird. It's all and, and again, especially with ESPN being a partner, like ESPN could say this works out great for us. People Have the NFL be the lead into the Rose Bowl, which is the lead into the other semifinal. Like, hell yeah, let's do that because they're more confident that the NFL will draw a huge audience whatever time you put the game on. It's so weird that they're one. O- by the way, their one o'clock Christmas game involves the Raiders. Like, of course, they have a West Coast team Jeez. playing in the 1 o'clock game. Where are they on, playing? On, in Kansas City. In Kansas City. Yeah, right? That's a very weird bit. Um, the I guess thing it's just my bias is I prefer to watch college football semifinals on Saturday, I guess. Maybe that's my only feeling. So I don't love it. I don't know. I mean, except if they're going to put NFL games on Saturday. And I assume they will. I assume that means yeah. they're going to do NFL games on Saturday the, whatever, 30th. the 30th is what that would be then. Yeah. So they'll do two or three two or games three. that day, then a full slate on Sunday, and then maybe a game on Monday afternoon. Um, the other thing that was getting a lot of, um, that I'm making that a con- there is there is no actual conversation about that. Like I keep trying to talk about it on Twitter, and everybody's just sort of like, oh, I don't know. What like, with the schedule? Yeah, we just like to know yeah. the answer. Like, what are we doing here? Like, it's just something I'm interested in. You'd be patient till eight o'clock tonight. Right. I'm I'm the weirdo in that way. <laughs> I I just hope I I don't think there's any chance they're putting one up against the other. I don't think there's any chance yeah. of that because it's ESPN is both. But I just like to know how they're avoiding that. Um, the big story today was that the the season opening game is the Kansas City Chiefs at home against the marquee opponent on their schedule, the Detroit Lions. Yeah, that one doesn't make sense. I guess. Okay. Well, people, so there are, there are worse games they could have picked, but the problem was that their home opponents this year include the Bills, the Bengals, and the Eagles. And one of those games, I think the Bengals game was already announced for later on in the season. Right, yeah. But I think like, it was that week. I think it was that week 17 something. I think it is. Yeah. I think it is one of the week 17. But, like, that doesn't mean that it couldn't be. <laughs> like, why, why couldn't that have been the opening game? That's a great season opening game. Obviously, Eagles-Chiefs is better. I mean, the best. Yeah. It, you couldn't ask for anything more. Even Bills-Chiefs to open the season is... Maybe box office is a major box office draw. The thought is so the Chiefs are going to Germany this year, right? I th- I or is that next year? Uh, Whatever well, it is. But I remember people were upset, or like the Chiefs were upset about something about like the game that they got in Germany because I guess they were worried about since they're losing a home game, they were worried about fans traveling or something. Because I think they're playing the Bears is their international game. The, that smells. Right. Yeah. So maybe it's that. They think Lions fans won't travel as well as Bills or Bengals fans or Eagles fans, and that's why. No, that's like that's the Chiefs not requested stop, the Lions stop. on I mean, opening I, I, night. It's, I, I, it's NBC who gets to make the call of who's playing in the opening game, and it's butt weird. Like it could not be weirder. And I get it; the Lions are more intriguing, and this mm-hmm. is not the Lions of old. And I'm not. I understand that, but intriguing isn't as good as box office. Any of those three other games. Box office. Everything you could ask for. And you can say, well, this is Jared Goff versus Patrick Mahomes. And remember, that gave us the best game in the last 10 years. That's fine. It ain't that. It ain't that. Also, they don't even have Jamison Williams uh, to open the season this year because yeah. he's going to be suspended. Um, I'm, I get it. I understand. Did he use pressboxonline.com slash offer? He sh- I hope he did. <laughs> I hope he did for the record. Or he was silly because he could have been making free bets, right. and that's stupid on his part. Um I'm not – it's not bad. There are worse games. It's just not – it's it's definitely a, eh, like, we're going to watch, right, obviously. Exactly. So, like, maybe that's also plays a fact. I don't know. Okay, but if why not – If the Chiefs not? actually were upset about their international oh, game or whatever. You're trying to create – you're trying to create – you're doing some real tinfoil hat stuff here, bro. 
<laughs> that's all about. They're like, we don't. All want right. It. Uh, we, we we'll find out the rest of the schedule tonight. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Um, oh, we do know it's going to be Jets Bills on Monday Night Football to open the yes. season, which is you know Should that's good. pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's not bad at all. Are they not doing the doubleheader though? Right? Like they're because they're doing like two other doubleheaders during the season or something. Are they like really? That. I don't think they're doing it. It's a whole. I've forgotten so many things about the schedule. Ben Verlander joins us next. We'll talk about uh, the Orioles. We'll talk about Yenier Cano. We'll talk about Adley Rutschman. That's on the way. It's Glenn Clark Radio. What air conditioning company can save 50% of your energy cost and qualify you for up to $7,500 in rebates? A.J. Michaels. We do more, we do it better for less. In Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson looks at the pipeline of talent still to come for the Orioles. Diving in on last year's number one pick, Jackson Holiday, and other top prospects like Colton Kowser, Heston Kerstad, Kobe Mayo, and more. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles Orioles pitcher Kyle Gibson. And Bo Smolka breaks down what progress would mean for the team's 2022 draft picks in their second pro season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com The All-America Senior Game powered by New Balance will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game, and if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com. That first sip, that first bite, mm. starts your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get. So get your crab-eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge, 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab-eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Check out PressBoxOnline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark. If you missed it earlier in the week, Stan the Fan Charles, Ross Grimsley, Luke Jackson got together to break down the Orioles. They're going to be doing that every Monday, 6 o'clock. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. If you miss it live, you'll be able to find it PressBoxOnline.com slash video or YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. This man has declared Adley Rutschman the best catcher in all of baseball. Now i got to figure out if uh, Yanir Cano is the MVP of the American League. 
He is, of course, with Fox Sports, and he's got a great podcast as well. If you haven't checked it out, it's the Flippin' Bats podcast. He is our friend Ben Verlander, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Ben, what's going on, man? Thanks for taking the time for us this morning. Of course. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. So we've already chiseled into stone that Adley Rutschman is the best catcher in all of baseball. That is accepted now as fact after you said it originally. Here's the question. <laughs> is Yenier Cano, uh, in your mind, like, is he going to be a, a unanimous selection to the Hall of Fame in a few years? Like, Do you think there might be a 99% vote? For Yenier Cano is a Hall of Fame. I think he's I think he's swimming in that unanimous selection when he gets into the Hall of Fame here in a few years. You know, I, I don't see how his career doesn't end up better than Mariano Rivera at I, this point. I mean, I, I think I think that's the conversation we need to start having. <laughs> no, in all honesty, I mean he's been he's been so great and, and his story is so cool and you know, I as you mentioned off the top, I was talking about Adley the other day and said that I, I believe he's now the best catcher in baseball. And then less than a week later, I had to have a full-on discussion about Yanir Cano and how he's becoming, uh, how I believe he'll become one of the next elite closers in this game. That's how good his stuff is. Um, he's been he's been unhittable. So, uh, yeah, I think we're talking Mariano Rivera, Trevor Hoffman, for sure, if not way better. <laughs> how did this happen? Like, how do you explain – Someone who was so off the radar. This was a throw-in in the Jorge Lopez deal a year ago. Like, we didn't even talk about him during the course of the trade. How do you explain what this dude is doing? Because it's 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 absolutely unhittable. It's insane what it is that Yannir Cano is doing this season. Yeah, you know, for me, I, so playing in the minors for five years, I, you see guys all the time that aren't on teams' radar per se, but you know, you're facing them and you're like, well, this guy throws a hundred with nasty movement. And, and the difference is they don't know how to pitch with it. You know, it's kind of all over the place. They'll walk three, they'll strike out four and two innings. And it's like, well, if this guy can ever learn to figure out his stuff and just trust how good it is, he's going to be great. And a lot of guys never figure that out. You know, pitching, pitching is hard. And uh, I, I think he's, he's had that stuff. But learning to pitch with it and learning that, you know, I can throw 97, 98 moving, you know, like a nasty sinker, I could miss and throw it right down the middle. And it's really not hittable. Like, Mm -hmm. it's very difficult to hit that still. So I think realizing you don't have to be perfect, you can just throw your stuff and hope for the best and uh, throw strikes. And he's been doing that this year been throwing strikes, not giving up hits, not walking anybody. I mean, it's been – it really has been a treat to watch in your canoe. Uh, ben, th- we're in a weird spot, right, because it's almost you, – you bring up the idea of him being a dominant closer. You know, the Orioles had a dominant closer coming into this season. And, by the way, the, you know, the American League reliever of the month for the month of April was Felix Batista, right, like not Yanir Cano. Batista's been just a little off, kind of like slightly off this season. The results have still been – flawless but he's walked a lot more guys the velocity is down a little bit I am kind of the person that says hey the seventh and the eighth innings matter too so I'm not in a race like I'm I'm happy having Yannir Cano in those late innings as a bridge to Felix Batista but does it is it important at some point that if one guy is plainly unhittable he definitely be the guy that pinches the ninth inning for your team 
Yeah, I, I'm not messing with it right now. I mean, Bautista's been good. Uh, I think Cano's probably I, – I, Cano's been perfect. It's hard right. to do any right. better. But I, I, I don't mess with it because with closers, um, one, they're all crazy. And two, you, you can't mess with them mentally. You know, I, I really – I really look at the Yankees situation and what happened with Araldis Chapman having that closer spot and then everything that happened with him. Clay Holmes moving into that spot. He was dominant. And then Chapman comes back and they just say, okay, it's, it's back to being your job. And I think everything that happened there in New York um, mentally got to Clay Holmes a little bit because he hasn't been that guy since. And I, I think that's sort of what you deal with with closers. You can't just like, pick one guy out of the ninth inning and say, okay, Cano's been better. You're going to go in, but Bautista be ready. Like if it's not good, no, you can't do that with closers. And I'm absolutely with you. And I I like having guys, obviously your closer ninth inning guy, but I'm a big fan of having a guy that's capable of pitching the seventh, eighth inning and bridging that gap. To me, I go back to look at, um, what was then called the Indians when Andrew Miller was pitching right. in that World Series in that playoff run. He was throwing the sixth, seventh, eighth inning. He was the best reliever on that team, yep. but he was bridging that gap for a couple of innings to get to the closer, and they were unbeatable because all you needed was your starter to go five innings. So I kind of like that up right now. Until somebody forces your hand to switch it up, keep doing it. Have Nier Cano available. Um, and, and whatever spot you want, you know, like pick where you want them. If you have two, three, four, five coming up in an inning in the seventh, pitch him there and then let him get, you know, see how many pitches he throws. But I like the way it's set up. And let me, I, I ran this, I, I sort of run this up the flagpole, and I just want to get your thoughts on it. Is there anything to be said for, you know, it, when we talk about the mental side of it, could you going into a game, going into a series, look at, different guys and how they perform against different parts of a lineup and on a given night say hey if it's the middle of the order that's coming up you know Batista's dominant against those guys if they come up in the eighth inning let's send him out to face those guys in the eighth and then we send Cano out for the ninth or again because of the way like the, the mindset of these guys and when they come in do you have to keep it routine you're the guy who pitches to in the seventh and the eighth you're the guy who pitches in the ninth you can't really screw around with that I think it's tough to start screwing around with it, especially with closers. But with Cano being in the position he is, I think you can do that with him. You know, if if you know if it's a two-run ball game and the O's are up two in the fifth inning and the starter, you know, has loaded the bases with two outs, at, at, you know, bring him in yeah. and then allow him to throw the fifth and sixth because right. that's the ball game right there. You yeah. know, like that's the out you need to get. So with a guy that's not your closer, and that's kind of the luxury the O's have right now, is he's not labeled the closer. And there is another guy that's a dominant closer. So use him in the spot that it makes sense. Closers get, you know, closers get tricky when it comes to that because they're very protective over that ninth inning. And, uh, I mean, you see it all the time. How, you know, you can have a dominant closer, but even if they come in in a ninth inning when it's not technically a save situation, they're awful. It's like, it's like, it's such a mental game for closers. Um, but with Cano, I think it's a little different right now with his role. And I, I would look no further than the team the O's just played and the Rays. They've been doing that for yeah. years, what you mentioned. Yeah. Like just mixing and matching and really not a role in the back end of the bullpen. Just whoever matches up well. We got a sidearm guy. We got a guy that 
you know, throws well against lefties. We got a lefty that throws well against righty. You know, they just mix and match where they feel it makes sense, and they've been doing that well for a long time. He is Ben Verlander. He's with us here on GCR. Uh, ben, the Orioles, they win a series against, uh, you know, a, a, an almost unbeatable team in the Tampa Bay Rays. And they, this 3-3 three and three stretch against the Rays and the Braves in which, you know, even their losses were extraordinarily competitive. And they had late-inning leads in the two games against the Braves that they lost. How much does this week alone, even though it's not a four and two, five and one, six and zero oh week, maybe fortify the belief that like this isn't a fluke, this is legit what the Orioles are doing? And I know you were very frustrated, like so many of us, that they didn't make the moves during the course of the off season. But how much of it does sort of say like, no, don't keep waiting, don't keep playing the game, start thinking about making a move now in July. Because there's a real chance, like, th this is totally legit. You might be able to do something special at the end of the season. Yeah, I'm with you. And I could go on an hour-long tangent right now about how I wish they had done something at, at, in the offseason and uh, how I still believe they, they should have. And this is even more proof that they should have. Like, why wait to see more of what you saw last year? You know they're a good team. Uh, just, you know, they shouldn't have to prove it to the front office any further. You know, we – had a great second half, arguably one of the best second halves in baseball. We've proven we're a good team. We're ready to go all in. And then the front office really didn't do much there. But so far, it doesn't matter. Um, and and I, I do obviously think they need to be very aggressive at the trade deadline, acquiring a bat, acquiring maybe a couple of arms. We'll see what they do. But they're, they're ready. And I, I was talking about this the other day. I think I tweeted it after the Braves walked it off. Uh, in the last game of the series, my response to that walk-off was, this Orioles team is legit. Yeah. And, you know, I, I believe they were. But to go into that series in Atlanta, a team that's the best team in the National League this year, um, to play that series the way they did, I mean, look, that, that series is a hit in either direction from, you know, being a sweep for the O's or a sweep for the Braves. That's how close that series was. So, and they played them really well, and to have a week against the best in the National League and then the best in the game of baseball and go 3-3, three and three, which could have easily been 4-5-1. or five and one. I know that's not how baseball works, but that's how close these games were. I walked away even more impressed with a team that I, I have been uh, very high on and very impressed about uh, all year long. Is there a guy that makes the most sense to you, right? Like, I'm, I'm, you know, I know that Corbin Burns will eternally be brought up and to your point, I, I, I think there's a conversation to be had about maybe whether they could use one more bat. Like, we I think we've assumed it's been a pitcher, but, geez, the last week their starting pitchers have been dominant, right? I think we can assume that that's going to be the case, and I think you can always use one more pitcher. It, Eduardo Rodriguez's name pops up. I, I don't know. The Tigers have played good enough baseball that maybe they wouldn't be looking to move him. Is there someone that makes sense to you that you say, this this is the type of move the Orioles could make that would really fortify them the rest of the season? Yeah, it's tough right now because you don't know who's going to be sellers and who's going to be buyers, right? Like, that that's the tricky part of trying to figure out who's going to get traded. But, you know, there's some teams that you can look around and, and you feel okay, even already, saying they're probably going to have to, to sell off some pieces. So, you know, I look around to a team like the White Sox that does have good – older veteran pitching and you know I, I don't know if a name like a Lance Lynn jumps off the paper to anybody in, in Birdland but like that's the kind of arm 
that I'm talking about, like an older veteran arm that can come in and, and lock down a rotation that is young and has been very good. Um, so just like adding depth, depth to a rotation, I think is, is invaluable at this point in the year. And especially when you're heading down the stretch, mm-hmm. getting ready for a playoff push, having an arm that, that you can rely on. And, and that's the direction they need to look at the, the trade deadline. I, I truly believe they need to add an arm and I would love for them to add a bat somewhere, but this team is close. And that's why all off season long, I just, I couldn't really believe what I was watching. And then you start hearing, well, you know, we were a little early on the, we were a little early. So, we're, you know, that that's our reasoning right now is we, we, we didn't believe we'd be this good this quickly. Well, I, I don't really think that mattered when you get there. Like right. you did get there and they, it wasn't a two week stretch where they were like, man, this team could be good in the future. No, Adley Rutschman came up to the big leagues. And from that day on, it was, this team is one of the best teams in baseball. What are we going to do about it? And the, in the off season, the answer was nothing. And in the, well, no discredit to, you know, the Adam Frazier's of the world who have right. been right. very helpful on this team, but you get what I'm saying. Yes. And, I think this trade deadline is a time to correct the wrong, if you will, and, and really go all in and, and get a big bat and a big arm, depending on who's out there. I know the farm system is, is good and able to do stuff like this. Now is the time. Uh, this, is, this is the time to get things done. I've been comparing this team um, to a team that I, I got to see close up and personal for many years. The, the Astros drafted well for five years. It seemed, and they were a bad baseball team, and it was just, we're building, we're building from within, we're building, and then all of a sudden, these pieces, and George Springer, and um, Carlos Correa, and Jose Altuve, and Alex Bregman start coming up to the big leagues, and then look what they do at the deadline by adding a guy like my brother, Justin, well, or and, a and, Garrett Cole, and, 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 and that, then they when you go say all the in. Deadline, that, was, that was the second deadline, too, wasn't it? Like, that was, that a, was the second deadline yeah. that doesn't exist anymore. Right. That right, was yeah. like a really last minute move in order to make that deal. And <laughs> and, and clearly it was overwhelmingly worth it. Um, but yeah, like I, I I don't know. I'm not trying to sell myself that like the Orioles are going to win a World Series this year because I still think it's extraordinarily difficult to do that without having a couple of top line pitchers. Like I still don't think that this team has the profile of being able to be a win- World Series winner. And so I don't know that. I, I would agree with that. I, I do think w- when you look at the profile and the blueprint of what it takes to be a world series winner i would say they have a lot of that in place they yeah. have um i really think in the playoffs having two elite back into the bullpen uh arms so cano and bautista is huge i think their offense can be good enough i think what separates those world series teams from other playoff teams is two almost aces yeah. and can you find that at the trade deadline probably not but yeah. you can start the process of being that team next year. I agree. I agree. I would be opposed to rentals, but if you can find those guys that maybe have – that's why Burns has been so enticing, right, like every time it comes up. And I don't know why the Brewers would feel the need, but it doesn't go – the conversation doesn't go away, and you got to pay a lot, but the fact that he would have another year, it's really, really enticing to me. And everybody says, well, he's struggling a little bit this year. I'm like, yeah, his struggles still look pretty freaking good to me. Like if that's struggling, yeah. sign me up for that guy. Bring it. Yeah, in you say you don't know why the Brewers would feel the need. Well, I don't know why they felt the need to throw him under the bus last year either. That's so fair. you never know what's on their uh, what's on their brains with him. That's fair. Uh, ben Verlander, remind everybody about the podcast. 
Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, it's called Flipping Bats with Ben Verlander, and uh, the game. The goal is to grow the game and just to to be a positive voice in the game of baseball, and <clears throat> that's that's what's happening. And it's Flipping Bats with Ben Verlander anywhere you listen to podcasts. And uh, yeah, it's been this is the third year. I just had Adley on, by the way, like last week. He's the Adley best. came on. That was a blast of an episode. So yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, at Ben Verlander on Twitter, of course, is how you follow him as well. Dude, always appreciate you taking the time for us. Thanks so much for doing this, man. Of course. Thanks for having me. Ben Verlander from Fox Sports uh, with us here on GCR. And, you know, I, I understand what he's saying. That you, like, you can do that with some relievers. You can't. There's just something about the mental makeup of being the closer that you don't mess with it, right? Like, you're the guy. You're the guy. Cano can be your unicorn. Like, use him Whenever it matters, use him. Last night, it mattered to use him in the ninth inning because you had had Batista throw many, so many pitches the night before. But to his point, if you're in a tricky situation in the fifth inning, go to him then. Because that could end up being the difference in winning or losing a baseball game. Can you bridge the gap with Cano through the fifth and sixth, and then particularly as you get Tate and Givens back, use those guys to get you to the end of the game? Cano becomes your highest leverage reliever. Whatever is the tightest spot, he's the guy that you turn to. Yeah, I mean, if it stays like this, 1,000%. I get it. I get why you don't mess with the, the, the... When somebody's the ninth inning guy, they're the ninth inning guy. And it just sort of feels like that's the way it works and because we've anointed closer as a title, you, there's no way around it. If you're not closing, it feels like a demotion, and it, it just messes with you somehow. So I I do understand what it is that he's saying. It, it feels like it shouldn't have to be that way, but I think we do have a fair amount of evidence that suggests that it is that way, and so you operate around that. Dylan Cease has struggled this season. What's going on with Dylan yeah, Cease? I think the White Sox. I don't know what's wrong with the White Sox. Well, in I know general. It's, it's a bigger problem, probably... obviously. But like Dylan Cease is a unique name because I, I, I mean I haven't been paying close attention to his stats, but I know he's. I think his walk numbers are. Oh, up. it's been wretched. Yeah. He's been he's been really bad. But he's an intriguing, like could, he's available. Could yeah. you create a scenario where they're frustrated with Dylan Cease? His walk numbers are terrible. But you're willing to pay a real price in order to get him. Feel an amount of hubris about what you've done within your system as far as fixing pitchers and feel like you could be finding a top-of-the-rotation type of pitcher in Dylan Cease. It's interesting to me. It's an interesting thing to monitor. as we're, That's going to be the next sort of phase of this. That right now, it's them winning games and proving that they're legitimate. Then the next phase is what do you do after that? And what are they willing to do after that? And again, I don't think the answer is rental players. I think anyone who's a free agent at the end of the season has to be taken off the list. Because I don't believe, even as good as the Orioles are, I don't think that you can turn yourself into a World Series winner that quickly. But can you... Add the first guy that fortifies you as a playoff team and then this offseason add another guy that fortifies you as a legitimate World Series contender or could Grayson Rodriguez make that jump this offseason? Could hell, let's get crazy. Could Dean Kramer make that jump? 
I'm not I'm not expecting it, but the guy that's pitched the last two times out has looked like a top of the rotation type of pitcher. Could that come? Could you be fortified internally and then add another piece and then next year you make yourself a World Series contender? So those will be the names that we'll continue to monitor. All right. Um when we come back in, we're gonna do tidbit tubular and then we're gonna talk to Sala Amuvai Laulu. Hold Raven's on. sixth round pick. I feel like if you say it in a certain way that even if you get it wrong, it sounds good. Well, it could be anything. That's true. That's a good point. Like, we're going to talk to the Ravens' sixth-round pick here before the show ends today. Today's show also brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Take advantage of these great sign-up offers like getting when you make your first $50 bet. Deposit and bet $50 points bet will give you five second chance bets but the only way to sign up is through pressboxonline.com slash offers that's the way you get in it is glenn clark radio are you a diehard o's fan looking for the perfect way to show your team spirit look no further than birdland sports birdland sports is a small business run by fans for fans they offer a wide variety of unofficial o's merchandise from the birds are coming tees to player cartoon shirts and more and the best part their prices are more affordable than the big guys so head to birdlandsports.com and grab your gear today show your support for the birds with birdland sports the latest edition of press box is available now on the cover luke jackson looks at the pipeline of talent still to come for the orioles diving in on last year's number one pick jackson holiday and other top prospects like colton kowser heston kerstad kobe mayo and more also inside todd karpovich profiles orioles pitcher kyle gibson and bo smolka breaks down what progress would mean for the team's 2022 draft picks in their second pro season press box is available for free at over 500 area locations including 60 royal farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich, hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hartford Community College in Bel Air, Maryland, along with the National Junior College Athletic Association's Region 20, will host the 2023 NJCAA Men's Lacrosse National Championship May 13th and 14th at Hartford Sports Complex, 401 Thomas Run Road in Bel Air. Semifinals are on Saturday, May 13th. The National Championship is Sunday, May 14th. Catch the action for $10 each day. Tickets will be available in advance or at the gate on game day. Qualifying teams will be announced. What air conditioning company can save 50% of your energy cost and qualify you for up to $7,500 in rebates? A.J. Michaels. We do more, we do it better for less. In Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. If you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com slash pressboxonline, and you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grindr. Wait, did I say Grinder? I don't think that you would find it on Grinder. Not that I know it's on Grinder or anything. I swear. On second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn. 
The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Winding down here on a Thursday edition of the program. Of course, uh, both the Knicks and the Warriors staved off elimination last night, kept those series alive. Um, I, I, it's interesting spots, right, because now they both have to go back on the road and, and try to win on the road to force a game seven. I have more belief in the Warriors being yeah. able to do that than I do the Knicks being able to do that, but I don't know that I feel strongly about either one. What is the update on Anthony Davis? Uh, it wasn't a concussion, I believe. Okay. It was the, la- the latest update I saw, which is good. I, and then it was because, what, he got hit in the eye? Is yeah. That what if Anthony Davis is available, I like the Lakers' chances of being able to win that series at home. If Anthony Davis is unavailable, changes everything. I mean, wildly changes everything about that. Just series. got the report notification. AD expected to play Friday. There you go. Expected to play. Then, then I, you know, like their chances. I, I think it's better than fifty-fifty that Lakers win that game. Now that doesn't mean because the Warriors had to go on the road to win a game seven against the Kings. Like it doesn't mean the Warriors can't. It, last night, Andrew Wiggins was helping. Like last night was a far more complete effort from the Warriors than, and they got off to a better start than you had seen. Before. Like there was a far more complete effort from the Warriors than we had seen in the two games in L.A. Can they play better? Yes, of course, of course they can. Will they? You know, right now I would say until I see it, I'm not betting on it. I, I think right now I would. If I was forced to bet, I would bet the Lakers close the series out in Game 6 and they advance to the Western Conference Finals. But that's just sort of the nature of home court advantage, and we will see how it goes. Um, yeah, I have no confidence in the Knicks. In fact, I kept as, – as the Heat kept hanging around in the fourth quarter, I kept thinking to myself, they're two shots away from ending this tonight. And they just never – they never got over the hump. They always – then you know they tried to do the hack a hack a Mitch hatch, hack, hack a, a Mitch strategy, yeah. and then he made three of the four free throws after that. So they abandoned that, and you wonder if they would have just played defense. Like what would have happened on those possessions? Just a lot of interesting stuff. But they get to go home, and I would be surprised if they don't close things out at home. Uh, is that would that so that would be fri- mm, so both of those would be that's Friday. tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, the or, Warriors. Lakers and the Knicks Heat are tomorrow. Because somebody was trying and to tell the me earlier. Heat get an extra day off. Somebody was telling me earlier that you yeah, and there's nothing on Saturday. So it'd be Knicks Heat Knicks Heat game six and Warriors Lakers game six on Friday. Nothing on Saturday, and then the potential for all for three the only one would be Heat Knicks would be Monday. All of the other series would have game threes or game, game sevens, sevens on Sunday. Game three which, just as compelling. Which means there could be nothing on Sunday. Right. That's kind of the goofy part about all of this is the way that they structured it. There could be literally no basketball at all on Saturday or Sunday. Yeah, that is. I guess. Yeah, that is. That is odd. It is a possibility that there could be zip, zero basketball Saturday or Sunday, and yet there could be a game on Monday. Yeah. I guess my question would be if, like, there was no none of the other series made seven and Heat Knicks did. Why wouldn't you just slide Heat Knicks to Sunday? But I think they've already committed to TNT on Monday for Mm -hmm. Heat Knicks. So, kind of what it is. Kind of what the way it goes. I guess maybe they're even hoping that the Heat, maybe the both the East game, Eastern Conference games close out before Sunday, and then so then and then so then they can start Game One of the com- on, Eastern on, Conference on, on Monday, Monday maybe. and then they can go have a Game yeah. Seven on yeah and then Sunday. Right into maybe, and then maybe they can go right back to you know having games almost every day. I don't know. 
All right. Is, yep. Interesting. All right. Um, very good. Let's get a tidbit. Tidbit okay. is brought to you today by the print issue of Pressbox, which is available for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms. Head to the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. Read it all, pressboxonline.com. That's Jackson, the uh, illustration of Jackson Holiday there on the cover as we dive into the pipeline that still exists with the Baltimore Orioles. Despite the fact that the top prospects got here, there's still a whole lot more to come. You can read about it. Again, Pressboxonline.com. You can read the entire issue there, but go get it for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms. And in concert with this print issue, we are hooking you up with four tickets to each of the local minor league baseball teams to go see all of these players that are featured in this print issue. Plus an Easy Pass Maryland on-the-go transponder preloaded with $25 and a $50 gas card from Royal Farms. In order to help you get around, you must be 18 or older in order to enter. And the sweepstakes ends June 14th. Sign up, pressboxonline.com slash contests. Canelo did win over the weekend as well as... Oh, uh, right. You wanted to do fighting words. I know so we're trying here to get was here, the so. point. Here was the point. If we continue it and you take it over, I want an open... Okay. And then I want sounders. I want to treat it like... A, I want to put maybe a music bed underneath it. I want it to be like a radio segment. Okay. If you're going to do it, gotcha. if you're going to make it a permanent part of the show, this is your assignment for this week. Okay. All right? I want there to be like round one, round two, ding, ding. round then, three. Okay. I want sounders. Got it. I want Got it, it to be like a really produced radio segment. Like when we do these, I, we should do that with the intern too. I, we just never did. But now I'm thinking about if it's going to be permanent. That's what I want. All I right. want it to have an open and I want it to have sounders in between. All right? All That's right. my assignment right. for you this week. All right, sounds good. Yes, we'll Canelo right. won, and what else happened this week? Aljo beat Cejudo, yes. uh, according to the, the judges in the building. You disagree. I do disagree. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I guess it works kind of – I mean, the thing is, I guess it works out better for the UFC because now they can have Marab, who is Aljo's teammate, because, uh, like, Marab and Aljo weren't going to fight each other, um, which, I don't know, it was kind of dumb. They okay. should just fight. But they were, since they're teammates and they're good friends, they didn't want to fight. So now Marab can fight Cejudo, and Sugar, Sugar Show Sean O'Malley can fight uh, Aljo okay. the, for the bantamweight uh, championship. All so right. I guess it kind of works out for the UFC um, in terms of if the, you that say result. so. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, and there on ABC, the UFC fights. Uh, it's just a dumb. It's, yeah. a, it's a bad network card. It's like a. It is a bad network. It's card. like it's a, we don't think Dorzino, you're going to watch. Rose, yeah. Rosenstrike versus Gilton Almeida. Is the main event in UFC bad Charlotte? UFC bad Charlotte, yeah, not 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 a whole lot of compelling fights, but I mean, you know, they're two heavyweights, so it should be. I mean, the fight should probably. I don't think the fight gets out of the first round between Almeida and Rosenstrike, but okay. Um, and then uh, Devin Haney, Lomachenko next week on ESPN is. We'll talk about that yes. next week. Yes, yes. Those, well, those are the big. There's really no KSI is fighting this week. The point. Is, okay, so again, I'm saying the same thing. News. Be be monitoring like news yeah. items that pop up about future fights, about things like that. That's the type of stuff. Not just preview and recap, but like news gotcha. items that come up okay. during the course of the week. I'm gonna. I'm I'm willing to give it to you. Okay. But we got work to do. All for right, fighting words next okay. week. Sounds All right? good. Sounds All right, very good. Have Charles call in. I don't need Charles. To, I mean, like, if you'd like him to be involved, you can. Maybe you have him voice the op. I don't know, right? Like, I'm I'm gonna give you this. You figure it out. If you want it to be your thing, and I'm okay with that, let's do some work in order to make it happen. Sounds good. All right? Very All good. Right. Very good. Uh, we're talking about Conor McDavid. He is now just the fifth player ever uh, in the history of the NHL to score 170 points in a single season across the playoffs and regular season. He joins Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux. Uh, Yager. Did you say Lemieux? That's what I said. Okay. Mario Lemieux. 
Mew. That's what I said. No, you said Lemu. Lemu. Like a cow. You said Lemu. Mew. You said Moo. No. No. And Mike. You said Lemu. That was why you got the reaction that you got from me. Lemieux. Lemieux. Thank you. Mario Lemieux. We did it three times. Gretzky did it ten times, scoring 170 points in a season. Uh, and then Mike Bossy and I There was – Bo Smolka shared a stat. Hang on. I got to see if I can find it. Okay. Bo is apparently currently editing a book about Wayne Gretzky. Mm. Like this is something that writers do all the time where you just pick up like a side gig, and his side gig right now apparently is editing. So there's some Bo Smolka. I, I am copy editing a book about Wayne Gretzky. Maybe my favorite athlete of all time. I was hugely into hockey in the prime of his career, and he was an absolute master artist on ice. But if I knew this stat, I had forgotten, and it is just ridiculous. If Wayne Gretzky never scored a goal in his life, he would still be the NHL's all-time points leader. Oh, my God. He has 894 goals, 1,963 assists, 2,757 points. Yaramir Yager is second in points with 1,921 which is fewer than his 1,963 career assists. I mean, bonkers. Never going to see bonkers. that again. Bonkers. Well, I mean, and like Alex Ovechkin might break his goal scoring record, right. but that facilitator and bonkers. creator. Bonkers. Insane. Connor McDavid might catch him. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, the uh, All NBA teams uh, were announced yesterday. It is the first time that All NBA first team players average 30 points a game since 1962 <laughs> is the yeah, last time who was on the 1962 yeah, sure, team elgin baylor he is on that yeah, team. i mean it feels like you have to lead with elgin baylor <laughs> he averaged 38 points that season um uh, a little after wilt chamberlain right uh, wilt, wilt is on this list he's on the list? he averaged okay. 50 points in 1961 62 season Jesus Christ. uh bill russell not bill russell Jerry West. Jerry West. He averaged thirty point eight. West and sixty two. Baylor. This wasn't going to be my tip. Oscar Robertson. Oscar Robinson also averaged thirty point eight that year. Say Oscar Robinson. No Robertson. You're just check the tape. You're just I mean, I, it's going to be Robertson. Check the tape. The big O. And then I'll give it Bob Pettit. Oh, okay. Right. Bob Pettit, yeah, 31 sense. points uh, right. that year. Uh, Jordan Diaz. It's a pretty impressive group, by yes. the way. Yes. It's a hell of a versus, all first team. Versus Giannis, Luka, Tatum, uh, Shigilis, Alexander. Yeah, I mean, like, not saying that it's and, not a good group, but, right. like. And jo- Joel Embiid. And Joel Embiid was the leading scorer with 33 points a game. So, obviously, when you have Wilton, Elgin, Baylor, yeah, um, average 15. It's a fine group. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so, Jordan Diaz, he hit three home runs on Tuesday against the Yankees uh, for the Athletics. He became the youngest athletic in franchise history to have three home runs in a game, and it got me thinking about the youngest players ever to have three home runs in a game. Um, so I'll do the, I want to do the top five all time because it's kind of after yesterday's tidbit. There was it's a lot of old guys um, who were fun to guess. So I want to see if we can name the oh, these youngest. These are all old guys yes. again. Yeah. Son of a bitch. I'll, I was going to do tomorrow's uh, make the modernized version. I already did the tidbit. I nailed it. Um, you didn't get you, uh, Joe Bob Pettit. Shame on me. All old guys, okay? Uh, uh, Babe Ruth. Not Babe Ruth. Lou Gehrig. how young he was. Uh, not Lou Gehrig. Mickey Mantle. Not Mickey Mantle. Mel Ott. Mel Ott. There we go. He was 21 years old when he, he hit Mel three home Ott runs. Guy. Jimmy Fox. In August of 1930. Not Jimmy Fox. Duke Snyder. Not Duke Snyder. Rocky Calavito. Not Rocky Calavito. Stan Musial. Not Stan. 
I'm running low on my Eddie Matthews. Eddie Matthews, yes, in the in September of 1952 for the Boston start, Boston Braves. Start running out of my old baseball guys. Just 20 my years old. Baseball old. men. Mickey Cochran, not Mickey Cochran. He was the he he had the A's record uh, for youngest before Jordan Diaz. Oh, how about that? Hit, hit it on a the how other night. That? Hit three home runs the other night. Uh, Joe DiMaggio. It's not really an old baseball. Yeah, man. not DiMaggio. I gotta go. Um, the youngest guy he was Al Kaline. Al Kaline, twenty years old. Oh, he was the youngest. Yes, he was the youngest. Twenty years old, one hundred nineteen days old. Al Kaline Bal- hit three homers. Baltimore's own Al Kaline. Uh, guy from the thirties from the Cleveland uh, franchise. I'm gonna kick myself. I don't myself. know how. Yeah, I don't know if how more well how much well known he is. Oh. All right, maybe this isn't the but one. Like the name. Go ahead. He is a Hal Trotsky Senior. Yeah, it, Trotsky. I would not have. Yeah. I would not have come up. Uh, with and then there's an Oriole on this list. Did it in the '60s as a 21 year old. Boog Powell. Boog Powell okay. had three home runs, and he is the fifth youngest ever to have three home runs in a game for the Baltimore Orioles in that? August of 1963. How about that? I'm not opposed to just listing old baseball <laughs> names, like as a thing, as a regular bit. But let's spread it out a little bit. Like let's maybe revisit it again in a couple okay. weeks, and we just run through old baseball men. Like yeah. I, I do, I do get some joy just trying to come up with old baseball names. There's something for that. All right, Tubular is brought to you today by AJ Michaels, expert and award-winning AJ Michaels heating, AC, plumbing, and home performance. And by the way, I keep saying AC season is coming soon. It's of course it's AC season. Like it's very much here. And uh, A.J. Michaels will help improve your home's energy efficiency and comfort levels. New rebates and discounts are available. More, ajmichaels.com. Orioles are off the night NFL schedule release, which is the TV show that could have been an email. <laughs> 8 o'clock on NFL Network. Well, they're, they're all going to be out anyway because well, the way it happened last year, didn't well, they like, were the like teams letting Twitter teams accounts? tweet it in like the hour leading up to the show, yeah. and then the show was more just like reacting it was just to like it. Just like the structure. Which I got to be honest, mm-hmm. actually makes more sense because imagine trying to build it. Like, let's go with the Seahawks. Like, like yeah. it's, there's it's, no it, way. It's to not do like it. the selection show That's for. It's an email. Like, it's an email. It's like all of the meetings you go to at work, this could have been an email. It's nonsense. Eight o'clock the night for the show on NFL Network. Sixers Celtics game six at seven thirty. Nuggets Suns game six at ten on ESPN. As both the uh, the Celtics, sorry, the Sixers and the Sun- Nuggets try to close out those series. Sixers at home, Nuggets on the road. TNT Devils Hurricanes game five at seven. Kraken Stars game five at nine thirty. MLB Network Padres. Well, I said we weren't going to do that. I'm not going to list all the baseball games. You can find it at GlennClarkRadio.com. I like hearing the baseball round games. one of the Byron Nelson at four on Golf Channel Access TV for Impact Wrestling at eight. Some non-sports highlights. Not really. Prime Video is going to be competing with the NFL schedule release. It is the Academy of Country Music Awards. Ah, it's only on Prime Video. Now. It is only on Prime Video at that? eight o'clock. Hosted by Dolly Parton and Garth Brooks. Well, I do love Dolly Parton. There's no doubt about that. I, I don't. I, you know what? I kind of love Garth Brooks too. I've said this about Garth. Brooks for a long time garth brooks is the guy that like he hate whenever the conversation gets serious he's dipping out of the room like he is there at your party to show up to accidentally eat an entire pizza to jump off the roof into the pool to take his shirt off and whatever but the moment you guys start talking about politics he's out he's gone he has no interest in it he wants to be friends with everybody he wants to be like he was at biden's inauguration he'll probably show up if it's you know whoever it would be 
if Nikki Haley is the next president, he'd show up for that one. Like he wants to Dolly be every. Parton? She would make a great president. He wants to be everybody's friend. So it doesn't surprise me that he's hanging around with Dolly Parton. I, we need people to take things seriously, but our country also needs Garth Brooks too. Like we need both. That's the way it goes. There you go. If you don't want to watch the schedule release and just look at Twitter, anything yeah. else, I would watch anything else. Well, yeah, I don't think you're gonna watch this. If you're wondering what David Schwimmer's up to, there is a, a I wasn't special agent special on Peacock. It is called Intelligence. We're and, good here, and he's uh, starring alongside uh, Nate from Ted Lasso. I do like Nate. Nick, I, didn't, I, didn't watch, I haven't watched yesterday's. Oh, you yet. Didn't watch it I didn't yet? watch it yet. I'll watch it tonight. It was good. Um, and uh, yeah, so Nick, Nick Muhammad and David Schwimmer are special. Oh, will agents I watch it tonight? There's the Suns game that I pays. Watch it right mm-hmm. now. Uh, all right, maybe, maybe. I'm actually running to Target as soon as the oh, show's okay. over. I'll tell you about it. I there's something. Well, I might be. I have to get out of here too early. Oh, so. Wait, what do you have going on? Uh, I had over to the other radio station. Did you tell me that? I thought I did at some point this week. Mm, skeptical of your claims, Senator. Skeptical. <laughs> I was going to send you to Target. Is the <laughs> ironic part? <laughs> Oh, yes. uh, that's it. That's okay, it. It's just intelligence it. on right. Peacock. All right. And the, and the ACM wars. Very awards. good. Very good. All right. Thanks to everybody. Oh, no. Thanks to our guest today. Let me thank that. Including, you're about to hear from Salah Amuvai Laulu as uh, Raven's sixth round pick. Also, thanks to Booker Corrigan. Thanks to Ryan Evans from Johns Hopkins. Thanks to Ben Verlander. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hits section of the. Oh, my God. It's so good. Tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. Kyle Gibson joins the program tomorrow, uh, Orioles starting pitcher. He's doing something really unique um, this season. He and a couple of his teammates with to try to help take care of uh, some charities. It's a really cool concept. We're going to let him explain it on the program tomorrow. But um, looking forward. I've never chatted with Kyle Gibson, so I look forward to that. Uh, also, uh, Bowie. We will do Bowie tomorrow since they're playing. Actually, okay. playing right now. Right. So we weren't able to do today. Right. And Stan yeah. will be here tomorrow, and uh, probably do a Pirates preview tomorrow as well. So, all that coming up on a Friday edition of GCR. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including A.J. Michaels, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Costas Inn, Hartford Community College, Birdland Sports, All-American Lacrosse, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Thursday evening. Go Suns. Duke sucks. Oh, yes, right. And here's – that's the part I was supposed to say. And now we had to do it a little bit earlier. Ravens sixth-round pick. Sala Amuvai Laulu right now. Well, let's continue to meet the newest members of the Baltimore Ravens here on GCR. Really appreciate our next guest taking the time for us. He is an offensive lineman out of Oregon. He is Sala Amuvai Laulu, and he is with us now here on the program. Sala, how'd I do? Did I get at least close? As I really, I've been practicing all week, looking forward to this conversation. (laughs) Yes, sir. I'm a thought. You got it right. <laughs> oh, man, that is great news for me. I appreciate it. Sal, it's so good to meet you, man. Thank you for taking the time for us. Uh, I know these last couple of weeks have been a, a whirlwind for you. Can you put into words, like being out on the field with the guys last weekend and you know, putting a uniform on, what it means to you to know that you are now in the NFL, you have made it, and you have achieved at least the first part of what your goal is? I would like to say uh, thank you to for everything. Like I would say thank you to my my family, but most importantly, I would say like working with the other guys means a lot. Like learning from others, uh, getting to know more uh, with my teammates as well as the coaches, uh, building a bond with others it means a lot. And it's an incredible feeling uh, being in the NFL. So I would say 
uh, let's get to work. That's cool, <laughs> man. That's really cool. Sala, your, your path is a little bit different than everybody else's, right? Like you went the JUCO route and I, I'm fascinated by, you know, like some guys that go the JUCO route, it's because they're a late arriver to the game. There's very different reasons, but can you take me through your path from going to JUCO to, to getting to Oregon and if maybe having to do that maybe not so glamorous extra work um, adds a level of appreciation for you about what it is that you've been able to achieve. So straight from high school to JUCO, I, I was a non-qualifier, so that's the reason why I went to JUCO. Okay. And when I went to JUCO, I was heavily recruiting, and then I went straight to Oregon. And being in JUCO route, like, I would say that it's like a – like. It's, it, de- it really depends on you, to be honest, but I feel like it was like a great experience to experiencing that uh, Juco life. And uh, I'll, I would have to say that what's got me my uh, mentality stronger and also like hungry for like every day. Yeah. So I'll uh, say that. You're not really given everything. It's not quite as sexy as playing at a place like Oregon, obviously. Um, <laughs> there's a lot more that you're getting there. You got to really work a bit harder. Salah, uh, was football always the path for you? Like, I know, you know, again, for, for guys in Hawaii, for the Polynesian family, I know football is so significant. Did you, did you always know that it was something that you wanted to do? Was there a moment in your life where you realized, I'm going to have a real opportunity to maybe do this at the highest level? Uh, most definitely. Ever since I started to, like, pancake other uh, other, guy, like, other kids, I was like, oh, dang, I could do this every time, like, every week. Like, I felt like I believed in my worth, and that's that's all I gotta say. Just uh, believe in your worth. Did you? you know? <laughs> was there was there a moment? Was there a time? Something that you did on the field, or a, a level that you reached where it, it struck you most? Like, I, I'm gonna be able to do this. Like, I I can make it all the way to the NFL. Uh, most definitely. Uh, uh, I would have to say is. Uh, like winning with my teammates is like the best feeling as well as like pancaking other people. Like, that's what makes me who I am. Yeah. I, 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 I know you, you're a big dude, obviously, an aggressive dude. Like when – are you, you – you sound more like the gentle giant type. Like are you someone who has to turn it on the moment that you get on the football field? Like are you totally different people off the field and on the field? I mean, off the field, like, I'm cool with everyone, but on the field, it's like, yeah, it's going to switch on. Yeah, right? <laughs> and then you're, you and just be, you become a beast. Uh, most definitely. Becoming a beast and uh, making sure the team wins because that's how it is. Winning on the field with the team, and I feel like team is part of the game. So. No doubt. No question. Ravens sixth-round pick Salah Amuvai-Laulu is with us here on GCR, offensive lineman out of Oregon. Salah, I knew you were playing a lot of tackle. Um, are you getting the sense that like, they, that you're, you're going to be asked to be a little bit versatile as you start your career, maybe play a couple of different positions? Mm-hmm. Uh, most definitely. Uh, whatever position they put me in, I'm fine with that. As long as uh, we win as a team, that's all that matters to me. I'm a team player. Did you know much of anything about the Ravens at all? Like, had you had a lot of contact with them in the lead up to the draft? Uh, throughout the uh, draft, uh, yes, sir. Uh, I've been talking to their staff and 
I really love them, and I like the way that they play. So. Did you have a sense that it might work out that way? Like, as the draft went along, were you telling me, like, I got a funny feeling it could end up being Baltimore? Uh, most definitely. Uh, I'm really uh, close with the, the coaches, the online coaches. Wow. And I, I love them. They're, uh, they're great coaches. That's cool. And I, I look forward to learning more with them. That's really, really cool, man. I, I, I know you mentioned a little bit, you know, as I mentioned, the Polynesian family. Of course, Ronnie Stanley is here in Baltimore. And I know you mentioned the Vegas connection, right? That you guys played at rival schools. Had had you ever had you ever talked to or had a conversation with Ronnie? Like, had you ever, you know, I I just don't know if there was an actual opportunity for you to get to know him at any point. Uh, not right now, but I know for sure uh, this upcoming week, uh, I'm for sure will. <laughs> I mean, no doubt, right? Like, you want to seek that guy out and try to soak up as much as you can from the success that you've had. Um, are, are there guys over the years, you know, whether they be, you know, fellow Polynesians or not, are there guys over the years that you maybe looked up to the most as football players and, and said, you know, that, that's sort of maybe a role model for you within the game? I would say a lot of them, to be honest. Uh, Ron Stanley, Alo Tinata, yeah. a couple of other uh, Polynesian players. Uh, There's a couple a of guys we like a lot in this area. <laughs> yeah, I know that much. Uh, two guys yeah, yeah. that you never so Haloti, of course, famously uh, also played rugby and was like a nightmare. When you would see his rugby film, you would say, "Oh my God, that man running at me! I would rather be dead um, than have that man running at me." Did you ever play rugby at all, or was it always just football for you? Uh, I would say uh, football, but rugby like during my free time, to be honest, but to everyone. Really? Uh, okay, so it. W- are you really out there, like in the open field, running people over on a rugby field? And is there a chance that maybe we could see you lined up at some point as like a fullback or something like that uh, in the NFL? Uh, we'll see how it goes. To be honest, whatever they put me, like I said before. Yeah, do whatever you ask. I understand that. That is certainly the right attitude to have. It's an exciting thought. The idea of that type of athleticism for you. Um, Sala, obviously your journey to this point, right? Can, can you take me through, um, you mentioned your family, but who maybe the people were, some of the coaches, the, the folks that had the biggest impact on you throughout this point in your football career? I'll say throughout this point, I have a lot of coaches uh, that I look up to because throughout my career, I had like many coaches, like a lot of coaches, to be honest. So all my high school coaches, uh, my college coaches, and uh, the people that are around that are close with me, I look up to. So, so did, did you have did you have much of a relationship at all with Anthony Brown? Oh, most definitely. That was uh, our quarterback. <laughs> so, <laughs> so have you? Did you have an opportunity after you got drafted to connect and be like and 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 realize like it's a pretty cool opportunity for you guys to reconnect here in Baltimore? Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, he was just telling me uh, congrats and everything and uh, look forward to uh, seeing uh, seeing each other over there at Baltimore. I was like, stay left. I mean, <laughs> that's really cool. That's a really cool thing for you guys to be able to reconnect here. Um, Salah, the, you know, I, and I remember you were asked about this over the weekend, but just the realization of being – anywhere you got drafted, it was going to be exciting, of course. Like that, getting drafted is the thing that you ask for. But for it to be the Ravens, a franchise with so much success and with a quarterback like Lamar Jackson, can you describe that to you? Like, Does it add a little bit more to the moment that you don't have to lie about your excitement about where it is that you were going in the NFL? I would say that I'm excited to work, humble, and I'm hungry. So that's 
That's why I got to be. I, I know 100% about that. But it just it being Baltimore, being the Ravens, and being, like, around Lamar Jackson, right? Like, how much does that mean to you? Oh, that that means a lot, to be honest. But <clears throat> I'm a team player. Let's let's have fun. <laughs> I mean, it, that's the plan. The plan is for us to have a lot of fun in the coming yes, years. Sir. All right, um, give me give me something. So so there's not a lot of great Hawaiian food around this area. There's actually a place in uh, in Falston that's pretty good called Uncle's. But give me like the go-to dish, the thing that maybe since you've been in the mainland, since you've been in this, you know, this part, you, you haven't fully been able to replicate the, the best food that we should know about from Hawaii. Oh man, there's a lot of, a lot of spots to be honest, but, uh, I'll say L and L. Okay. So what is that? I don't know what uh, that is. Hawaiian style, uh, a lot of good foods. They got a lot of poly foods. Uh, okay. All right. Nothing. But, is there is there one thing in particular that you love the most? Mm, not really, to be honest, because there's a, there's a lot of options that I like over there. Okay, I mean, I can understand <laughs> that and certainly respect that altogether. Um, okay, so give me one more thing. What do we need to know about you? I know you're a family man. I know you're getting married. I, I've seen that on Instagram, Sala. What, give me, what does life look like for you away from the football field? When you've got in the off season, maybe a Friday night, nothing to do. What does your life look like? Uh, I like to I like to explore. To be honest, I like to be uh, active. Uh, I like to look at the scenery. To be honest, <laughs> that's cool. That just get. Do you yeah. like do a lot of hiking stuff like that? Yeah, most definitely. That's awesome. But I also like the East Coast. To be honest, you guys got some good food over there at Baltimore. Hey. I'll give you guys that. Hey man, we're gonna get you out. We're gonna get you some seafood this way. I don't know if you've ever <laughs> cracked crabs before in your life, but I'm telling you. Oh man, that's hard. <laughs> yeah, I, it's gonna be a lot of fun. We'll look forward to that entirely. All right, um, yes, Sala de Beast seven one seven four. That's the best way for people to follow correct. you on Instagram, correct? Uh, yes, sir. <laughs> awesome. Sala, it's it's so great to meet you, man. We're really excited about having you here in Baltimore and continuing the great tradition of uh, Polynesian players here with the Baltimore Ravens. Congratulations. Thank you for taking the time for us, and we can't wait to get to know you more as you uh, spend your career here in Baltimore, all right? Thank you. It means a lot.